Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. And this is Notorious by Chance, where we come and talk all things movies, television, entertainment, streaming, which we have a lot to talk about today. But more to the point, this is our very this is our inaugural Christmas episode for the Christmas season, and we have a great kickoff. I mean, first, we have tons to talk about. Not only do you have to talk about the NFL, uh, latest trailers, news, and everything that dropped with Disney Investors Day 2020, which, we'll, which we will get to later in the show, but... We have maybe the biggest guest we've had on the show so far. Uh, as you know, we are reviewing Fat Man, the Mel Gibson Santa Claus trying to not get killed by a Hitman movie. Uh, not only that, but later on in the show, we will be talking with the directors of the movie itself. That's right. The Nelms are coming on to the show. We're going to talk about We're going to break the whole thing down. That's going to be such, such a great part of the show. And that's not even, that's not even all we're doing, Russell. We could have had that be the show. No, but, but no, we're gonna, yeah. I mean, we're we're in a giving season. Oh yeah, we're we're, we're 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 super packing this episode. We're gonna have a Blu-ray. We're gonna have a digital kill giveaway. We're gonna have all kinds of stuff doing today. But so we're <laughs> we're gonna we're having, we're having a whole lot of the show today, people. So strap in. We're gonna get up with this on expeditiously. Uh, so first thing we want to get into first is, of course, you know, we it's, it's NFL times. So we want to talk about this. Uh, we're not going to be predicting this. Is, we're recording this on a Friday, so the Thursday game between the Rams and the Patriots has already happened. I would have called. I'm just. I'm being for real here. I would have called the Rams on that one. I probably would have, though. Uh, I I was the one to call the Patriots type, you know, with, uh, from last week. So I I probably would have went the Rams just because. But yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of predictions, you did win last week because you did get more correct. You got nine to my one, two, nine to my seven. So we did substantially worse. Yeah, we both did substantially worse this week. Yeah, uh, going with my 49ers this week hurts. Um, I was happy to win the uh, Browns game, but yeah, yeah. Anytime you can get more right than wrong, I'm happy. So I feel yeah. I feel bad for I feel bad for the Niners at this point because like I think like Santa Clara banned all contact sports. They have to they now have to fly to Arizona to play yeah. other home games. You know, uh, so basically we have the team without a name, Washington, and we have a, a team without a home, without 49ers. A home. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it, it's the give. It's, it's 2020. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh, some notable things from this week's games. First of all, I think no most notable thing, at least I can remember happening this week, is the Jets game versus the Raiders. <laughs> what was, what was going to be a W for the uh, Jets there? Oh. <laughs> They fucked that up in a way that only the only the Jets could fuck up this way. So yeah. let's let me, let's play, let's paint you a picture, people. See, we have the Jets who have yet to win a game this entire season against a solid enough team in the Raiders. I mean, I guess they're they're, yeah, they're playoff contenders, uh, yeah. but they're not showing it here because the Jets are kind of are kind of <laughs> taking it to them. Uh, but but here's the thing. So the Jets are up 28-24. There are 15. Se- it's weird. I wasn't even watching this game. I was like checking in the. I was checking in the scores. I saw I'm like okay. There's 15 seconds left, and they're on like the they're on like the 50 or the 40, 46. They're not good. The Jets are gonna win this, and it's gonna be hilarious. Yeah. I check back later, and the Raiders won the game. Like what the fuck happened in those 15 oh, yeah. seconds? So what happened was, and I'm not being frank here. Maybe the dumbest defensive play call. I've ever seen. Well, you know, you know what they're going to do. I mean, it's it's kind of 
it's kind of written and established. They're going to throw Hail Mary. It's not. It's yeah. Not. Uh, no, that's not that, rocket science. That's that's pretty. That's pretty easy to predict. What's not easy yeah. to predict is uh, the Jets' defensive scheming, because Greg Williams, in his infinite wisdom, decides to call an all-out a, a blitz, a cover zero all-out blitz. When they're when they're down by four, fifteen seconds left, no timeouts. Like what? What are you doing? I I don't think he obviously didn't know. It's it's mind blowing how you let a play like that transpire. Yeah, and now you have a rookie corner one on one, one of the fastest guys in the league. I don't even I don't even think I think Henry Ruggs is good. I don't think he's like great, but like he's he's fast as hell. I'll say I know that. Yeah, I mean, and as long as you have a quarterback that's going to throw it at pinpoint you know, accuracy. I mean, it doesn't really matter who's, uh, you know, who's throwing the ball, who, you know, who's catching it. If you throw the ball up to anywhere to a receiver in the, you know, the vicinity that he threw the ball car through, I mean, anybody's going to catch that. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, you had it jets. You had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, definitely a huge disappointment for the jets. I mean, Raiders fans, I think are breathing a sigh of relief because they need that game to, Keep uh, keep pace in the playoff push there, but uh, yeah, Jets had it there, had it, and uh, they lost. It us. was given and taketh. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> Adam Adam Gase giveth. No, he doesn't. Adam Gase taketh, and Greg Williams also. Greg Williams, well, Greg Williamson also taketh away, and still has a job. It's quite amazing. Greg Williams was fired. They at least fired the DC. <laughs> no, but I'm saying Gase. Adam Gase. I, Gase. I, don't I don't know. know. Gase has a job. Hey, I don't know why Gase is still here. <laughs> if uh, Texas fired yeah, Bill. Yeah, ma- the Texans fired Bill O'Brien after going 0 and 4. They're 0 and, and Matt 1. Patricia get, Matt Patricia gets canned for Detroit. Matt I Patricia mean, how, how's this guy still in Thankfully, get got canned from Detroit. <laughs> like the city, the city of Detroit, the city of Detroit rejoiced. Uh, and yeah, Adam Gase. Maybe they're, maybe they're just hoping he can finish out 0 and 16. Oh, absolutely, it's gonna happen. It's good. At this point, who, who do the Jets have left? I'm curious. I know the Niners beat them, and that was. Um, yeah, that was uh, ACL day at uh, the Meadowlands. Oh, yeah, the in- was, injury, injury bowl? Yeah. yeah, that was, um, yeah. And I, it, you know what, it just happened to be the Meadowlands in general because I think Barkley suffered an uh, ACL injury. I, I think at the beginning of the year, though, there was a lot of injuries. Yeah. But uh, Meadowlands were responsible for quite a few. Yeah, so left so the four games Jets have left, the, uh, the Seahawks, the Rams, the Browns, and the Patriots. They're probably going to go 0-16. <laughs> So, I mean, all teams that are fighting for a playoff spot, and I mean, it's 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 not, yeah, it doesn't look very good. Yeah, so uh, Jets, <laughs> keep it up. Only thing to rival Jets was only thing to rival how bad the Jets defense was with the Chargers special teams against the yeah. Patriots. Holy shit, were they bad? Yeah, they were really bad. Yeah, I bet Justin Herbert really regrets being <laughs> getting drafted where he did now. Yeah, I mean, oof, well, they had a rough. Rough game, San Diego or LA did. They did. They they did. They, 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 all three. Okay, offense. Their offense is never really bad, but yeah, all three phases are just not great. Uh, any, yeah. Th- any other notable things happen? Oh my God, the Seahawks. Okay, we had two notable upsets. One of which is near dear dear hearts, and I will do this. Both came in the same division too. Uh, the Seahawks losing to the Giants. Yeah, that was a surprise. Nobody saw that coming. Yeah. Big only bigger surprise to come was on Monday afternoon football. <laughs> uh, yes, where the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers fell to the Washington football team. 
And I think I said something about Washington was going to play them tighter than I thought that uh, I mean, they, they were. Because I, I didn't expect an upset, but it didn't surprise me because I know, uh, you know Smith is really having those guys play pretty well. Yeah, and well, and not not just that, but you look but at the overall, Ste- yeah. you look at how the Steelers have like just been jerked around this season due to COVID. Like they they played three games within twelve within twelve days. Like, yeah, like that will ta- that will wear on anybody. And yeah, that was that that was it was bound to happen at some point. Like it's just it was it was just too much to overcome in order to be sixteen zero, which I would have liked, but it's also not important because you know why? And all the six Super Bowls they won. Not once did they ever go undefeated. So I'm still, so I'm still cool. They're gonna, re- gonna rebound, take it to the Bills, and then we're, and then we're gonna be, not, well, not back in playoff days. We're already in playoff days. We're already in the playoffs, but we will be back on top soon enough. Uh, looking forward to next week, week 14. Let's see who we got. Uh, Titans versus Jags. Titans got whooped by the Browns. Whooped. I told you, man. You didn't, be- you didn't believe me. I, I did said, not believe you. I did not believe you. Um, they bounce back here, though. Uh, they need, obviously need the win. Um, Jaguars are pretty much they're dead to rights. Well, so, ja- Jaguars uh, yeah, have also have also benched the glorious stash of Gardner Minshew for Mike Glennon. Yeah, I mean it's it's a no brainer. The Titans are going to win this one. Yeah, uh, Vikings Buccaneers. I'm taking uh, this is tough. I'm taking Vikings on this one though. No, I'm going Tommy. Terrific. I'm going to go TB12. Uh, it depends. It depends t- what quicker cousins we get that day. It does, but I just think that Tom Brady, I think they really need, I mean, Tampa needs a game. I know I've been saying that a lot, but Tampa really does need a game. They're coming off a bye week. I think this is the one where they kind of rebound, collect themselves. I think Tampa gets the win here. All right. Uh, Chiefs versus Dolphins. Tua versus Mahomes. This is definitely, this is definitely Chiefs, right? Oh, man, my wife's going to kill me. <laughs> um, honestly, what I've seen the last several weeks with a hot Miami team is they're playing decent. They're playing good ball. Um, Kansas City's playing good. I mean, they're playing good enough at eleven and one. Obviously, I just I, I I don't know. It's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a tight game. I'm I'm giving the edge slightly to Kansas City, but don't don't uh, don't sleep on Miami on this game. I think if if the game would be like thirty one twenty seven, I could I could definitely see that. But yeah, I'm going to give a slight edge to the Kansas City in this one. Next one we got Broncos versus Panthers. This is a this is this isn't a super clear cut, but I'm leaning Panthers. I think they have. Momentum. I think that's the the offensive core for Carolina is better than the offensive core for Denver. So I'm taking. What are the records? Uh, Panthers are not very good. They're both four and eight. Four and eight. Um, yeah, I I don't is even it, know. This is Super Bowl Fifty. No one gives a shit. Edition. Yeah, it's, this is crazy. Um, yeah, quite 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 crazy to see how how far uh, since uh, Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl we fell here. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Denver. Why? Why not? Um, you know, battle of four and eight. Somebody's gonna get a fifth win, or unless they tie, <laughs> um, that, that's what's actually gonna probably. Happen. Oh my god! But yeah, let's. I'm gonna go with Denver on that one, just to be different. I, just because. Why not? One that was probably clear cut a few weeks ago, but now I'm not so sure because this team's kind of also been playing like shit lately. Uh, the Cardinals versus the Giants. Now I'm not gonna mince words when it comes to the Cardinals. I think it was the last game that was it, was it the last one? Yeah, last game they played. Kyler Murray played like shit. Yeah. So it, it depends. Yeah. It depends. Are we getting like MVP candidate Kyler Murray, or are we getting Rams Kyler? Are we getting like half season Kyler Murray? 
But honestly, I think a mediocre Kyler Murray can still beat the Giants. I don't think the Giants are that good. I Here's mean, the yeah, they upset th- the I, We also Seahawks, thought a mediocre Seahawks team could beat the Giants. That didn't happen, so it's not a guarantee. I'm still going Cardinals. Yeah, but. I'm going to go Cardinals, too. I I can't see the Giants. Like I, like I said, that, that division is going to be under under 500 to represent the playoffs, which is sad, and get, getting the host the playoff game. But, yeah, I, I'm going to – I'll go with you on that one. I, I I don't see the Cardinals really losing this game, realistically. Uh, we have let's see. Oh, this is a exciting matchup right here. The Cowboys finally catch a break over <laughs> in the last couple weeks. Uh, they're playing the Bengals minus Joe Burrow. <laughs> oh, honestly, boy. Joe Burrow probably could have led this yeah. team to a win. I wouldn't. I honestly, that'd be hilarious though, to go against Andy Dalton. It'd be hilarious. Uh, oh my God, that's right. Uh, yeah. What a sto- what a story that would what, make. What, what a what a story, Mark. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, in quotations. America's team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I, I'll go. Uh, I'll go the Cowboys on this one. Uh, Cincinnati's really bad. If, if they lose Cincinnati, something is very wrong in Dallas. But honest to God, though, if Cincinnati would win, I wouldn't be surprised because Dallas is like like that shitty this year. So why? Why? Yeah, they, I'm, gonna they go, I'm gonna go Dallas. They though. don't have their best player. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing about it is, like the offensive production you got from Zeke from the last cu- like from the last couple years to where he's at now. Yeah, last couple years re- regressed. Yeah, look, last regressed. couple years. Look at like oh, tremendously. Okay. Uh, yeah, I get. I, okay, you're saying like yeah, like look, look look at how bad Zeke has been this year. Yeah, I mean, and he was the top five rusher the last couple years. Like, look at his rookie season; he was stellar. And then to see what he's doing this year, it's it's bad. He's not even in the top five. I don't even think he's in the top. No, 10. he's not even top ten. Like even with even yeah. with Dak, even when they had Dak Prescott, he was doing he was playing like shit. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's it's Dallas's game. Wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati wins though. I'm gonna go Dallas. All right, Colts versus Raiders. <laughs> Raiders coming off a That's giant a win one. against the Jets. This is a good game. It's a tough game. Yeah, I'm um, leaning. I'm leaning towards Indianapolis. I think that I am. I, I am too. Just because I think, just because of, I, I think we both can agree. Just because of that huge, well, that you know, that last second win against a, a shitty Jets team. Um, Indianapolis has been playing decent ball, so I like what uh, Philip Rivers is doing there. Um, you know, old veteran Grizzly, you know, vet. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Indianapolis on this. Yeah. Plus, I think that I think that Indianapolis have momentum. Their defense seems to be pretty competent, and Philip and Philip Rivers is well. He's Philip Rivers, like the dude's a the dude's a Hall of Fame. Qu- <laughs> yeah. The dude is a Hall of Fame quarterback when he retires. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Probably one of the best quarterbacks to never win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, again, and I think we've I've talked about this before. It's just he he was in an era and in a, you know in a conference where you had Brady and Manning, and, and even Roethlisberger. You know, what I mean, it's yeah. just it's the product of the time that you were in. It's just it's it's kind of unfortunate. Uh, Jets versus Seahawks. Both calling Seahawks. Not moving on. Moving on. Uh, Packers yeah, versus the Lions. Packers. This would be, this would be more fun had Matt Patricia not gotten fired. But yeah, this is definitely this is definitely this is either way. Yeah, this is Packers. Packers. Uh, sure. Oh, this this is the this is the match of the week right here. Ultimate choke bowl. <laughs> Falcons versus the Chargers. Who blows it more? I'm going Atlanta. Yeah. Only towards Atlanta too. They, they they have more uh, they have more offensive weapons than San Diego or L.A. Uh, these teams gotta stop moving. <laughs> okay, stay 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 down, stay there, stay stay in one place, please. <laughs> uh, coming off a big win, we got the football team versus the 49ers. <laughs> oh man, 
man, my heart and soul wants us to say it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep pace. I'm gonna say the Niners. Uh, I'm stupid, but uh, you know, I would love to see Alex Smith. I, you know, I'm a huge Alex Smith fan, so uh, either or. But I, I think the Niners, I think the Niners can beat a Redskins team. I, I really, really believe that. Um, they played like shit uh, Monday night against Buffalo, but um, I'm gonna go with uh, San Francisco on this one. Yeah, uh, Saints versus Eagles. This is I. Mm, oh, and also it should be noted that Carson Wentz has been benched for the next game, and in his place will be taking uh, will be Jalen Hurts. Who did you have for the Buffalo game or, uh, or for the uh, Washington game? Oh, uh, I also, I also mm, Jimmy G's still out, isn't he? <laughs> He's still out. Yeah. Is Kittle still out? Kittle's still out. Yeah. <laughs> who's who's still playing? Who's still playing? Devo Samuel, Devo Samuel got, came back. Uh, Brandon, I, I, Brandon Ayuk yeah, is still got back. Most, still got still got mustard. Most mustard. Yeah. Uh, I feel I feel like Chase Young kind of eliminates the running game for uh, Washington, not Washington for uh, San Francisco. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to air it out. I'm not sure. Man, I think Nick Mall. I don't think Nick Mall can torch that secondary, even though they're even though the secondary for Washington is really bad. But I do think yeah. that I'm leaning towards San Francisco. But if Washington right. wins, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Yeah, I mean, either or, yeah, for sure. Uh, Saints versus Eagles. I, I guess with, with starting QB, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think it's going to be a uh, landslide here. I think uh, the Saints are going to win this one. I think it's, is Breeze coming back this week? Uh, I believe Breeze is coming back this week. No, he's not. Okay, he's not yeah. coming back this week. No. Taste him. It doesn't really Taste him time. It, it doesn't even matter, though, because I don't think the Eagles are even that good. So I'm going to go with the Saints. Yeah, Breeze, Taysom, doesn't matter. <laughs> it's same result. Uh, Sunday night football, we got Steelers versus Bills. Now, here's the thing. When Josh, when Josh uh, Allen is on, he can put on a clinic. He has done that several times this season. That's actually part of why he, he's, been, he's put himself into the MVP conversation. Uh, and hey, Steelers, they lost. They lost. They they are not undefeated anymore, so they have something to prove. They they want to get that taste of Washington football team out of their mouth. Uh, I'm, of course, I'm going Steelers because I think they're going to bounce back. I think that they are going to nail Josh Allen. They're going to sack. They're going to sack him a couple of times. They're going to get a, a couple of good picks. I don't. I also don't feel like they've dealt with a secondary core quite like Pittsburgh, despite the fact that I don't think Joe Hayden's coming back this week either. This is going to be my upset pick here. I'm going Buffalo. Uh, just with what I've seen with uh, against San Francisco. I mean, they completely shredded them. Josh Allen, I mean, completely shredded the secondary. Not saying that's a lot. That's not an accomplishment. But what I've seen with that team was they were moving the ball around quite a bit. They were doing different things wide receiving. They were doing different things with the running game. Uh, they're a good team. They're going to be really, really tough. They're going to be one of those under-the-radar ra- under type teams in the playoffs. That, uh, a team's going to under uh, estimate, and I think they're going to get they're going to do some upsetting in the uh, playoffs. So I'm going to go with the Bills with the upset on this one. I think it's going to be tight. But what I see with Josh Allen against the Niners, uh, I just to, as mobile as he is in the pocket, I think that's going to be the advantage that Buffalo has over Pittsburgh, a, mobile, a more mobile quarterback in the uh, in the pocket. So I'm going to go with the Bills on the upset here. Who who is in your secondary to torch? Because like, isn't Richard Sherman not playing? Sherman played. Oh, Sherman played. Last oh, he did play. Week. Yeah. Oh, fuck. yeah. Wow. Sherman wow. played. He got hurt a couple times. Yeah. What happened? What I mean, happened course, to Richard Sherman? I, I get it because he, he's off of an injury, and I get it. Um, and we do have a couple like younger uh, corners that aren't aren't too too bad. I mean, I, I can't I can't even tell you the last name to save my life. But 
I, I just watched what Allen did. I mean, he definitely torched the secondary. Um, he threw, I mean, he was precise throwing the ball. And they're, um, I can't think of the one white receiver they have. I can't think of his name, the blonde with uh, like longer hair. Oh. This, this kid oh, would, Col- like, Col- you Col- would Beasley? think this kid would not be a, be, what's that? Cole Beasley? Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. You li- would li- think this li- kid li- Little guy, him. little guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cole Beasley. Like he, 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 he reminds me of somebody who would be on the like, like, a, like a Wes Walker type player for the New England. New England. He would be like a New England player during the Tom Brady heyday. Basically, and this yeah. guy would just be be a made receiver. Like the guy wouldn't be good anywhere else. But yeah, I seen. Like I said, they they were really something else to watch. I mean, I was pissed, obviously, but um, yeah, they they just they 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 really handled the Niners. So I, I think in all aspects of the game, I really think the I think Buffalo could beat them. So I'm going to go with Buffalo on the upset on that. And Monday Night Football, we have the Ravens versus the Browns. This is a, this is an interesting one because, like I said, the Browns, the Browns just fucked Tennessee up. They really yeah. did. Uh, and the Ravens beat, did beat the Cowboys last week, but it's it's the Cowboys, nothing, nothing special. Yeah. I think it all depends on what Lamar Jackson we get that day and what Baker Mayfield we get that day. Because if Lamar Jackson decides to, you know, be a quarterback – like he gets paid yeah. to do. Uh, maybe I think I think the Ravens could take it. We'll, we'll probably take it. However, I don't think that I don't think the offensive unit is as cohesive as uh, Cleveland. At least I don't think so. Yeah. And, and, you, and you're gonna go when, Baltimore now? That's even when they had. That's even when they had like Snead and Andrews and all those guys. So. It's tough. I'm. Ge- Oof, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to slightly lean towards Cleveland. Okay, I- I'm taking the Browns too. Uh, they're playing in Cleveland. I think this is a game where, to me, uh, they're. I'm pretty sure they they're playing in Cleveland, aren't they? They are. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge game, and I think this is, you know, this is a big primetime game for the Cleveland fan base. Um, you know, we w- they they win here. You know, you completely put a, a stamp on it, saying, hey. You know, we're going to go to the playoffs, and we're going to be a team to reckon with. Um, I really think that, you know, the way Baker played last week, you know, they did get comfortable on that lead because Tennessee started chopping away on that lead. Um, I, I think they played really well enough, and I think that if, th- if that team has been kind of playing all together on the, you know, four cylinders the whole entire time, Lamar's just coming back off of an injury or coming back off of COVID, I mean, I should say. Um Looked decent enough against Dallas, but again, you know, you and I, you know, we could, t- you know, we, you and I, could look good on against Dallas. They, I mean, they just look bad. Um, I'm going to go Cleveland with this one. I think that uh, I think Cleveland is a, a, a far more whole of a team, believe it or not, than uh, Baltimore. And we never would have said this like last year, last season. Uh, we never would have gone here. AFC. No, we would have said what AFC Championship. Uh, you have Baltimore, Kansas City. Done. Write it up. You know. Um, I, I just don't. I don't see it. I, I just. I think Cleveland wins this one. Yeah. All right. And th- yeah, that's it for the NFL this week. We'll, we'll see. We'll see who's right. We'll see who's wrong. We'll see where this goes. Uh, next up, we have our trailer talk, and we have. Oh boy, do we have a lot to discuss today. Uh, first of which, so many different trailers too. <laughs> uh, I know we got a big hodgepodge of different uh, trailers. Uh, first one we're t- discussing today is for Fatal. Fatal is a thriller from Dion Taylor, who makes a shit ton of movies. Like Lionsgate keeps getting in movies. He make I swear he could, it pounds them out in like a week or like a month, and then he's ready to go with like the same year. It's fucking it's fucking crazy. I admire the guy's hustle, but yeah, he, yeah, he makes he makes he makes, a ton, he makes a ton of crap. But 
This is a, this is basically the dangers of what happens when you have a one night stand with Hillary Swank. She will fuck your life up. So what happens in this trailer is Michael Ealy is a nice straight late guy. He's ma he's married. Uh, he's in Vegas one night. He meets Hillary Swank, hooks up with her, leaves, and then she's back to. <laughs> then just bad things seem to start happening to him, and we believe yep. it is her fault. So this movie just looks weird. <laughs> it looks really weird. It looks weird. Looks weird, but looks. Semi intriguing. I, I don't know. I want to know what's um, going. I want to know what's going on. But also, like, I do want to give credit to like one person in the show. I want to give credit to Michael Ely. Michael Ely, I believe, yeah. is a severely underrated actor. I think the guy's very talented. Uh, I think he has he has done a, you know, charm, and a charisma. And he has has like a really he's a really good actor. And the, and they're seeing this I trailer agree. where like he he's like showing some. They show him something, and they don't cut to what he's seeing. You see him react to. It, I'm like. Like fuck! Wow, he's he's really good. <laughs> he's a good actor. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but yeah, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Fatal? I like. Believe it or not, I liked it. Um, it it does have that you know single white female mixed with like fatal, uh, attraction. fatal attraction type feel to it. Yeah, um, Hilary Swank looks sexy in this film, man. Um, it's nice to see her like you know because you you see her a lot of a lot of times like obviously like Million Dollar Baby or. You know, boys don't or uh, what is it? Was she in Boys Don't Cry? She was in Boys no. Don't Cry. Yeah, she was. She was. She was in Boys Don't Cry. Yeah, okay. But you know what I mean? Like where she's like Amelia Earhart or something like that, and like she's still very attractive, but she doesn't get to play the sexy, you know, lead actress a lot. You know what I mean? Playing her, fe play um, her femininity. Her femininity. Is what you're saying? Yeah, and obviously, you know, like a femme fatale. Like it, it's nice to see her really in a, in a different type of role that we really wouldn't have associated her with because she's yeah. always like the whole, like. Even in insomnia, you know, like the just the you know laid back detective or whatever. You, know, you don't get to see her a lot in this, and I, I kind of like that. Um, and kind of what you said, this is a way different. This is a de definitely a different film, but um, I'm intrigued and I'm actually looking forward to it. I do want to see it to see like what's going what's going down with this. Cause I think it looks like it, I am intrigued. I'm not saying it looks bad. I'm just saying I'm intrigued because yeah. it looks it looks weird and crazy. I don't want to watch it when it drops. Absolutely. Uh, it's dropping later this year. They said it was theaters. So it's probably gonna drop. I think next week. Yeah, next week. Next week. Holy shit! Yeah, Dece next week. D December eighteenth. But um, PA put the new uh, guidelines up. The all indoor like things like theaters and stuff like that are closed until after the, the new year, January fourth. Oh, shit. So if I catch this, I'll probably catch it in the neighboring Ohio area. But um, yeah. All right. Uh, next piece. Of news, next trailer we're talking about is for the Marksman. This is another Liam Neeson. Beats up blank. Well, it's a different to it, but it looks like another Liam Neeson beats up blank movie. Like this time, what's yep. what's he being up this time? Mexico. <laughs> he, yep. Uh, in this trailer, <laughs> Liam ne Liam Neeson is a guy. He's a farmer, a rancher, who you know he's he's driving across the border one day, sees these these his family. Something bad happens to one of the members, and then he must take the young son to his family in Chicago. So it's basically like an like an escort mission. Uh, and th yeah. this looks less, and I'll say this looks less taken, more walk among the tombstones. Which I I would yeah I would say that. Which is which wasn't like super actionary. It was more like a like a hard boy, like detective like detective cop story. Which not saying yeah. like, he's not a cop in this, but it looks more you know grounded and real than any of his action films. But yeah. and I can't help it, but like, I honestly think it looks kind of good. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I'm, in, I'm into it. Let Listen, this is a Liam Neeson take my money movie. I and I, you know, we've said that before. I just, you know, I even said that with the honesty that I said I, I told you I re actually recommended to you to, to check out. Um, I believe it's out right now 
on VOD. Um, I'm pretty sure it, it gets a Blu-ray release at the end of the, at the end of the year here, like December, Which the one? last Tuesday, December. Oh, Honest Thief. Yeah, check it out. I mean, it's really good. Honestly, it's just like this whole genre since like post Taken. I just I'm I'm hooked. I, I love it. I, this guy can do all these types of movies exactly like this, beat for beat, the same type of feels. I, I'm gonna see them all the time. I just I really enjoy them. Oh yeah, no, I mean I I, I, I love watching Liam Neeson beat things up. So <laughs> always yeah. go and check and check <laughs> movies out. So yeah, I'm definitely I'm, I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. And uh, what when when did it say this dropped? Do you remember? This one I didn't get a release date. It said coming soon. That's all I got. I think it said, yeah, I think it said coming soon. It didn't give it like a full release date, so it's coming soon. We yeah. can look out for it. Uh, next show we're talking about for is Falling. This is a movie written, I'm not, I don't know if it's written, but definitely, it's definitely directed and stars Viggo Mortensen as a guy trying to come to grips with his father who has Alzheimer's played by Lance Henriksen. Yes, uh, Aliens is own Lance Henriksen. Uh, in a very different role than I think I've seen from him. I don't think, I don't think I've ever seen him do something quite like this. I love Lance Henriksen as an actor. Yeah. But he's always he's 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 a, he's a genre actor and he's great and he's great at doing that. Uh, but this is a chance for like him to like really show like his acting talent. It's, he's getting like a lot of great buzz out of film festivals because of this. They screened at Cannes, they yeah. screened at I think I maybe saw Venice. It's screened in a bunch of places and it's getting pretty pretty good uh, early buzz. Uh, Russell, watching the trailer for Falling. I liked it. I think Viggo Mortensen's really coming in his own, like, with, like, these indie films. You wouldn't normally associate with, like, an actor like Viggo Mortensen, obviously, at the, the height of his apex of his career, obviously, with, you know, Lord of the Rings and all that. But, like, movies like, you know, uh, Captain Fantastic, The Road, like, films that you wouldn't associate other actors to be, you know what I mean? Like, he's really finding kind of that indie uh, feel to his movies, which I like because I think he's a really good actor. Or oh, History yeah. of Violence, I'll even throw that in there, kind of like an indie e- feel. Eastern Promises, um, with smaller feel. Eastern Promises, yeah, Eastern Promises, definitely one of those indie type films. He's really testing himself as an actor. And I didn't say Green Book, because Green Book was kind of like an indie type film as well, I, I, I kind of. Um, and I thought he was fantastic in that. So to me, yeah, I, I'm on board with this one. I like that whole idea with a you know, a son kind of wrestling around with the idea that, you know, with the, you know, his father has Alzheimer's and is, is not himself. Um, what does that do to the family? And what kind of toll does that take on somebody? And um, I just think it looks like a really good film. And this is directed by Viggo Mortensen, yes? It is, yeah. Yeah, so I'm kind of looking forward to it. Is this not his directorial debut, though? Uh, it- maybe? I'm not sure. I can't recall if Viggo Mortensen ever directing another movie. And and that's, what I, that's why I said I, I'm pretty sure it's a directorial debut, but I don't want to Miss, uh, uh y- yes, yeah, actually, yes, it is a director. Okay, review. so yeah, I- I'm completely on board with it. I think this looks really good. It's getting a lot of good buzz, uh, th- as you'll see at the beginning of the trailers. They show a lot of the uh, awards and s- different things of uh, what it's uh, nominated for, what it- what they have said about the film. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. And apparently, David Cronenberg is actually in the movie. So, <laughs> so there you so, have like, it. Uh, yeah, set for a release uh, February twenty first, twenty twenty one. February February fifth, twenty twenty one. So we'll qualify for next year's Oscar due to the fact they pushed the date back. Okay, so it's gonna be interesting to see like uh, what from January gets into the twenty twenty one Oscars. They must have pushed that back because I had a November fourth release on that, which obviously didn't make sense. Uh, November fourth. That, 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 that be like an early screening, or that might have been an international release to a international. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Dece- December 4th is UK. This is UK, December 4th. Oh, okay. Okay. Then I, I don't know what the hell they had November 4th for. Okay. 
Uh, next pe- next uh, trailer we're talking about today is this is one I actually kind of liked. <laughs> kind of liked. Uh, it's the very excellent Mr. Dundee. So the very excellent Mr. Dundee. I heard that I'm like they're making another Crocodile Dundee film, but we didn't know about it again. No, it, they didn't. Turns out what this is is uh, this is a kind of not. It's not a mockumentary, but it is like an exaggerated uh, telling of the life of Paul Hogan. Uh, who played yeah. Rocket Dundee, who is thrust back into the spotlight as he desperately attempts to restore his sullied reputation on the eve of being knighted. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, Paul Hogan's in the movie, he plays himself. Uh, also, in, also in the play himself is Chevy Chase, John Cleese, Olivia Newton-John. Reginald Bell Johnson is apparently in here somewhere. I, don't, I didn't see him. He's not in the trailer. Wayne Knight's in it playing himself. Uh, I, I'm, like, I'm just going to say, this, this movie looks funny. I think it looks it very does funny. Look- no, I and as soon as I saw the trailer, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! I, the first thing I saw, because I didn't hear anything about it, then I watched the trailer. No, me and I'm like, oh, it's actually they're actually kind of making fun of it, and like, like he's been in hiding since, you know, and they kind of like, what is, you know, what has Paul Hogan been doing since? And it's kind of like he's like this like international man of mystery almost. And um, I I liked it, believe it or not. I, I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, I I totally would watch it. Um, I was really surprised to see how much John Cleese looks different. He does, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's clearly he's gotten older, so he's just really put up. He's oh yeah, put on but you know what I mean though. For, for the longest time, yeah, he's always looked the same. Yeah, and then now he's finally starting to age, and it's really weird. Yeah, so yeah, it, it is because it's like you know, like we grew up with these guys, so like you see them all the time. You know what I mean? So when you see them look a little different, it's completely uh, noticeable. I should say. Yeah, no, for sure. I do think that. I was gonna say, I do think that it looks like it has a good sense of humor about it. I do wonder, like, who, I do wonder who did this. Uh, let's see, like, who, who's, who's directing this? You got Dean Murphy. What, the fu- what, what has he done? Let's see. Uh, director of what the f- nothing I've ever nothing I've ever seen before. So well, <laughs> there entirely, you have it. <laughs> entirely fresh eyes. You're probably a bunch of like Australian stuff. Uh, but yeah, well, good. No, I was gonna say because they had like all the uh, the Aussies in there. You had Olivia Newton-John. And you had some of the. Uh, Beloved Aussies in the film too. Yeah, so I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to this. I think that's, I think it looks, yeah. I think it looks funny, and I, I'm kind of really intrigued to see it. Uh, next, year we're talking yes. about this is for a Netflix show. Uh, this is for the history of swear words. This entails exactly <laughs> what you would expect. It is a show awesome. about the history of swear words. Only thing is, this show is hosted by none other than Nicolas Cage. Only because I'm assuming Samuel L. Jackson was not available. This this idea is genius. This is great. Yeah, I, I I do. I think that I just saw the trailer. I'm like, you know what? I'm hooked. I'm in. I'm gonna watch I, this show. I will. I will watch this right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's just like him like painting something. It's like a word described female a female body parts, and what you call the yeah. kid who wouldn't play dodgeball in school. <laughs> yeah. You could and also it, call a kitty cat. <laughs> yeah. So I think that he has the because of course he's doing something like this because it's Nicolas Cage. He does what he does just like the most random shit. You could do would, in Hollywood. Would you ever have thought that the mid '90s Nicholas Cage oh, like, God, won an no. Oscar for leaving Las Vegas? Like, God, you know no. what I mean? Like you're, you know, The Rock. You know, all these types of Snake Eyes. All these movies that you were in mid '90s, and then you completely had like a like an like an epiphany. I think I don't know what the hell happened. You just went off the edge and you did anything. You know, well, he, well, he, <laughs> it's crazy. He, he, went, he went broke. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, look at all the awful movies like uh, Next or like Bangkok Dangerous or whatever. Uh, a lot of bad movies. He Knowing was in, in the two thousands. Knowing, yeah. Wicker Man, and, which we looked yeah, at. Wi- yeah, Wicker Man, which I'm sure we're, we're going to look at another one of those bad two thousands movies. But he has been in a lot of shit. 
post 2000 for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, and yeah, the his- the history of swear words. I, I, did it say, what did it say when that dropped? Because I'm very curious now. Jan- January fifth. Nice. Okay. January fifth. Yep. Uh, next year we're talking about is for Shadow in the Cloud. Here's the thing. When you start this trailer, it's a very simple story about uh, you know about a woman who goes yeah. she's on a plane. She's she seen as differently because she's a woman in the in the British Air Force uh, reg- regime. Thing is, though, this trailer just takes a, just a wild, ridiculous turn like halfway through. It's like an Overlord almost type. No, film, it, no, you know it's, I mean? it's something. You're it's not, a, it's almost an Overlord, but it, it, you know, watch this remind me of trailer, the first time I saw the trailer for Spies in Disguise. Like, remember that? Remember when we first okay, saw that yeah. trailer and we were just like, yeah. and we were just like, oh yeah, Will Smith, cool, super spy, awesome. And then he turns into a bitch. I'm like, wait, what, where did this come from? Yeah, it's 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 one of those trailers you're like, uh, okay, but um. I kind of liked it. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it, look, it, it looks kind of it looks kind of fun. It stars Chloe Grace Moretz, who yeah, I've always I've always liked as an actress. I think she, always. she's really good. It's, so is I. I think she's super underrated. Yeah, I, I, and I like fun genre pictures like this. Like you said, it, it does look Overlord esque. It looks like they're fighting like giant like bat things. Yeah. Where the fuck these are? It's just the feel of it, the dark tone that it feels. You know what I mean yeah. when you're when you're watching it. Dark, fun, kind of sadistic, and I, I I dig that. I really do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I I think it looks I think it looks pretty fun. I, I do, and I do wanna I do wanna watch. There's a lot of movies today that like it look they look weird and look ridiculous, but I do wanna watch it. This one's set for a January first, twenty twenty one release, kicking off the year with a bang. Yeah, I think we'd say that about all the all the trailers. I think I, I would watch any one of these movies. Oh yeah, the one I, wa- I would watch the most though, or I would watch right now if you asked me. Like, if you want to watch one of these movies right now, what would you watch? I'd watch this one. That is the trailer for Nobody. Uh, <laughs> Nobody is a movie starring uh, starring Bob Odenkirk, and he plays a guy who he used to be a used to be a guy who worked for organized crime as I think yeah. what they call they call him one an adjudicator or some shit like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So he did. So he did that. And then people break into his house, and he kind of goes insane. Kind of like thing like falling down esque. Except the except the turn here is more not believable, but it's just like yeah, okay, I, under, I understand that. Uh, and Bob Oger gets he gets to whoop some ass. He gets to whoop some ass in this movie. I had death, I had like Death Wish vibes to it too, kind of. It did have some Death you know Wish I mean? vibes. Just because like, like that, you know, a guy who's been pushed to the brink and just snaps, like it, like how you said, like falling down. It just it, it looks but it looks so fu- it looks so much fun though doesn't it? It does. It's it's uh, written by Derek Kolstad, who wrote all the John Wick films, which basically gives you all of everything you think like you you, you shouldn't need to know about this. And Derek Kolstad, I think this is his first movie he's written that's not John Wick. Okay, first in the last couple of years, it's not John Wick and or something and something else we'll talk about later. But yeah, I mean, I think he has like a great grasp on action, like storytelling. And yeah, this might maybe this takes place in the same universe as John Wick. I wouldn't mind it. Watch a crossover happen or some kind of shit. <laughs> he pops. He pops up and let's, let's get crazy. He pops up in John Wick Four. Do like he's the villain. Like the JWU, the JWU, the John Wick universe. The John Wick universe. I mean, <laughs> hey, hey, they're, they're doing spinoffs. They're doing that ballerina thing. Hey, I mean, they're doing a TV it show. Happen. It could happen. It could happen. This could be the John Wick universe. Who knows? And like, you look at like the poster where it's just like him surrounded by, by a bunch of fists. And it's just like it's it's very John Wick. Uh, I think it was John Wick Two. That was the that was the poster with him like surrounded by. Bunch of people pointing guns at him. Yeah. 
Uh, so, but yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to this. I do think that, I do think that it look, I think it looks fun. I think it looks cool. I think the action looks fucking sweet. And yeah, I definitely, I definitely will be watching this whenever, whenever and whenever, wherever I can. I think it looks, I think it looks yeah. fun as hell. I think February 26th got a uh, date on it. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's February 26th, 2021. Hopefully we can see it in theaters. Come on, Pfizer. Get it up. <laughs> Come on. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Uh, moving on. Uh, so that's it for Trailer Talk, which means we now move on to Notorious News. Uh, don't have a lot. We, we don't have a lot to talk about with news for like the all the Disney investor stuff, which will be its own segment. Uh, but we do have a couple of stories. First of which, I do want to throw a shout to an actor who we lost recently that I, I mean, I think everyone... Everyone knew of this guy, but no one really like. I don't think anyone fully appreciated him, and yeah. that is the loss of Mr. Tony Tiny Lister. Uh, you're probably most recognizable as Debo from Friday, but the dude had like this insane career. Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna age myself. Huge wrestling fan. I remember I loved Hulk Hogan. Obviously, it was one of my favorites. Rem- remember going to the theater, probably like five, six, six ish, seven ish, going to see No Holds Bar. No Holds Barred. It was a movie that uh, Hulk Hogan was pretty much playing Hulk Hogan, and uh, he was the villain in it. And he was like so menacing. He played the wrestler Zeus, and he was so menacing. And I just remember always that guy always sticking in my head from No Holds Barred. And then later on, obviously down the road when we watched Friday and stuff like that, oh my god, it's it's yeah, it's No Holds Barred. I'm like, oh my god, um, great actor. Um, again, it's like we're losing a lot of people too soon. I think he was only in his sixties too. He was in his sixties, man. He wasn't. He wasn't super old. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, man, you will look. I mean, as much as people love you as Debo, like you will never, you will never be forgotten as Debo. But as, as opposed to all the other things, like he did so many movies. Yeah. Like had like such a pivotal scene in Dark Knight. Like, I, I the casting of Tony Tiny Lister for that role in Dark Knight, I think, is just incredibly inspired. Just yeah. To, and just like the weight he has in that scene, like the dude was like he was a good actor. He really was. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, rest in peace, sir. I'm gonna we're gonna I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss seeing you and things. But you will not. You will never be forgotten. Uh, next piece of news: uh, Matthew Vaughn is threatening us with seven more Kingsman movies. Potentially seven oh, more Kingsman God. movies. Uh, not if they're like the second one. Not if they're like the second one. No. I can't. I can't do it anymore, guys. If, if this is like the second one. I'm jumping off the plane. And that's addition to a TV show they're doing about, about the Kingsman. So here's the oh, thing. Here's boy. the thing. I will say. I think we can both agree. The first Kingsman, pretty great. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, excellent, yeah. excellent movie. Second yeah. Kingsman, quite bad. Dog shit. Uh, the only thing I liked about it, it was the fact, I, I've said it before, Elton John was in it, and, and his role wasn't even that good, but it's it's Elton John, so I was like, yeah, you know, why not? But uh, I think yeah, so just not not a good film. I think The King's Man actually looks really good. I'm actually really excited for that one. Yeah, I'm I'm hesitant on it, but again, like like I said, you know, when you get when you when you come from something like Kingsman too, I mean, I I think that looks a lot better than the second one. So yeah, no, I'm for sure. uh, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Uh, but yeah, seven more of these movies. Oof, man, I can't. I don't what, think we can do that. How much? Like, how, how much do you have to do before you basically? I know you're like the whole thing. The whole thing's like you're making fun of James Bond, but like, how long do you go? How long do you have to go until you actually become James Bond? 
I mean, you're you're tiptoeing the line already in the first one, kind of pretty much. You know, what I mean, you're 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 kind of setting up the t- same type of. Obviously, the thing that really was revolutionary to me was the fight scene, like that church fight scene. I, I, you can't you 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 take that away from that movie, and you'll always remember Freebird and that huge fight scene, which is tremendous, probably the best scene in the movie. Um, I, I just I don't know, like what, kind of what you said, like what, you know. You're gonna be just be a James Bond movie by the by the end, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I don't I don't know. I think well, something that could be interesting is like, and something I think that, that that's probably on the table for them. What they should do is like explore the Kingsmen from ev- from different countries. Like, let's see. I like that idea. Yeah. Like, let's see the Irish Kingsmen. Let's see the Chinese Kingsmen. Let's see the African weren't Kingsmen. They, but weren't they supposed to do that one where like Chen and Tatum's uh, those guys? Or they're uh, supposed to do oh, something like a storyline well, no, about like, them. Well, they're they're the statesmen. That's the American Kingsmen. The statesmen, yeah. Like they should like split off and do something with that. that you know a, I mean? Like kind of what you a, said. A yeah. statesman spinoff would actually be like a really good idea. So like, yeah, like if, if that's gonna, what I'm saying. Yeah, if you're gonna do multiple movies about this, like expand, like show us like different branches of what this organization is. Oh, you could totally cast like a Henry Cavill for something like that. I think he would be perfect for that. I think he's at, I think he's at his yeah. fill. Of, I think he's at his fill of spy stuff for after. Uh, I, I know with like the man from Uncle and like M, like Mission Impossible Fallout. I, I like I, but to me it's like I think he he'd be good in that genre though. Do you know what I mean? No, I do, and I, I think that Henry Cavill yeah. is like an entertaining actor. I, th- I, w- I would like to see him in a Kingsman at some point. So. Tom Hardy could do it. I think Tom Hardy be perfect. Tom Hardy, but uh, he'd only do it if he can wear a mask the whole time. Yeah, and then yeah, that that wouldn't be any good. Yeah. Then it's what what what. what? <laughs> Yeah, then he'd fly a plane and be flying for like five <laughs> days without running out of gas, and it just nobody uh, wants that. Yeah, uh, but yes, if you're if you love Kingsman, which I know it's not many people after the second one, but <laughs> hey, if if the Kingsman can get us back on board, it can get us back on board. I'm down. Yeah, seven movies is a lot, though, man. Maybe like a couple. Seven more. is a lot. Seven is pushing it. I mean, if the, if the Kingsman is good, maybe we could do like like one or two more would be great, and kind of just call it. You know, be done. But I don't know. Uh, Next piece we're talking about. Neil Blomkamp is back in the news. Uh, It turns out that he uh, shot a secret movie during the COVID pandemic. Uh, It's Uh. a a supernatural horror film. Uh, He shot. He shot. He shot over the summer. I imagine Charlotte Copley's in it. I, I, I can't confirm that, but I imagine he is. Uh, now here's the thing. Neil Blumkamp is a is a director who fuck he fucking exploded after District Nine. Basically after oh, that, huge. basically after huge. that, he had carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. Uh, then he did yeah. Elysium, which it's like uh, okay, it's 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 okay, it's pretty, it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. Okay, fine. But, but his next one's gonna be great. And then he made Chappie, and it was not great. Which I never, even, I never even watched. I uh, saw Elysium. I was completely disappointed. But oh yeah. my god, Chappie is Chappie is so bad. Dude, we gotta check it out sometime. I did buy the movie. I have it here. I just, I've never watched it. It's one of those rainy day. I'll get to it yeah. type films. So this is something that maybe he, maybe this is him getting back to his roots because like this is, because like District Nine was like a thirty million dollar movie. Yeah. Uh, didn't do well. Then he, then he got like a. Uh, like triple that budget for Elysium. That was like a hundred and ten, hundred twenty million dollar movie. Chappie was a little smaller than that, but still not as good. So maybe you know, and he hasn't made a movie since. So maybe this is him like getting back to his roots. Maybe this is like him like you know scaling down, trying to figure out what worked for him. Like, it, and I I akin this to like, 
you know, remember when John Favreau had like a pretty like uh, not great stretch? Like what was Iron Man two, and then Cowboys and Alien. They like took a few years off. Like, yeah. like I really need to like find find my creative center again. And then he came back and made yeah. Chef, and that was awesome. They made Jungle Book, yeah. and that was great. And then Lion King, we're not gonna hold that against him. But he he uh, beat mean, for beat Lion King. <laughs> but he also made Mandalorian, which is one of the yeah. best television shows on on TV right now. So uh, yeah, do you think that Neil Baumkamp has a good chance of like coming back to his creative roots with this next movie? I, mean, I would like to see him. Obviously, with all the promise that we saw from District Nine, I would think that you know if we can get back to that type of director, I think you know all bets are off. I think we could really you know that this could revitalize his career and really make him a big filmmaker going forward. So I mean, there's a lot of time during the whole COVID days now. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of time to you know focus on projects. Uh, time to really hone in on it you know what i mean you have plenty of time to think about what you want to do you know during like quarantine and all this all this fun stuff that we're going through so to me it's like yeah i i, I think that you know he could this could be you know put his name back on the uh, on the map here so i'm hoping yeah we'll you know? see we'll see i mean also because his, his alien movie never happened yeah because remember he was, he was supposed to do like another an aliens follow-up that that just I'm, never never came to be i'm just there's so many directors that were attached to Alien projects. I kind of run out of, you know what I mean. They, but like, this, like everybody. But like this one, this one was probably like the, one of the bigger ones because like he was really excited about it. Uh, he had he had like Ridley's blessing. Who's gonna like ignore yeah. everything after Aliens? But be- be- yeah. like before, like ignoring previous sequels was like the big thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think I'm the only one that wants a third movie after Alien Covenant, but yeah, and that's just me. <laughs> I mean, maybe, well, we have some alien news to talk about later, but we'll see. Uh, we do. I just the way they end, the way Scott ends that movie, man. Like, you gotta fucking, you gotta make one more. You gotta make one more. Just, it, it, uh, I mean, I, do, I I know you do, but I love that time, ending, dude. I love it. I think it sets it up perfectly. I really think that you know what I mean. You could do a lot with that. At the same time, I just don't trust modern Ridley Scott anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He surprises you though. Like, my faith, stuff, my faith is shaken. Know? Granted, when he yeah. comes to play, he comes to play. But, yeah, but when he doesn't come to play, he, yeah, I, I know. When he doesn't come to play, he's making uh, movies where Joel Edgerton's an, an Egyptian. Anyways, uh, moving on. Next piece of news talking about right now is uh, Oscar Isaac has je- apparently found his next big franchise role, and that is in the form of Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid franchise. So, uh, for those of you are familiar, Metal Gear, Sol- Metal Gear Solid is a video game. Uh, it's basically, and I can't, I can't sum up the whole franchise in like one sentence because we'd be, we'd be here for hours. But what it basically is, it's a, it's a whole, it's a surprisingly complex story about like corrupt, about like corruption, and you know, like the perspective of war. Like, are you the hero? Are you the villain? Like, it's, it's a, it's a real like series about hit the fact that history is written by the victors. And Solid Snake is probably one is one of the most recognizable characters in modern video gaming. Like if you if you show that image to people, people will tell you, "Oh yeah, it's Metal Gear Solid." Uh, so, Russell, have you ever played Metal Gear Solid? Are you familiar with it at all? I have not. I obviously know of it. I mean, because it was I mean huge when I was gaming. I just never it was never my type of uh, never my type of tea, I guess. Yeah. But I know of it. I mean, I, if you show me the, I can tell you. You know, I can decipher who the hell it is. Right, so uh, I mean, Oscar Isaac playing this guy. It's interesting because Solid Snake is typically uh, a white character, and they're casting with a Hispanic actor, which I think is, which I mean, no, yeah. I have a problem with that. And I think Oscar Isaac is a wonderful actor. He's he's a fantastic, fantastic uh, at his craft. Oh, yeah. But 
I didn't yeah, think sure. I didn't think he'd get picked for this role, honestly. But I'm I'm kind of into it. What about you, Russell? I mean, Oscar Isaac's really shown. I mean, I think he's been fantastic you know, during his career. I, kind of what you said. I mean, you get a good actor like that to play. You know, I'll watch anything with him. I think he's a really good actor. He always puts his heart and soul in everything, and he really is so diverse in what he can do. He can go serious. He can go, you know, action. He can go funny. Like he just, he does it all. So to me, it's perfect choice for. It. Yeah, it's also a thing where like, if this if this is a hit and if this works, this is he's got to know if this is a hit. This is a thing that he'll be doing for like years because the Metal Games, the Metal Gear Solid yeah. games, went on for decades, not years, decades. Yeah. So this has longevity. He's gonna be on this for a while. It's crazy to me that he's like so anxious to sign on to another franchise after Star after Star Wars just finished. Yeah, sir. So he's like, yeah, let me. I gotta get back out there. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we'll definitely see it. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm excited, I'm excited about it. Uh, directed by Jordan Vote Roberts, who did Kong Skull Island, which I thought was a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah we'll sure. definitely be looking, we'll definitely be looking out for that movie when it comes out. Uh, also, one we're looking out for, I'm looking out for especially, uh, the Gray Man uh, keeps piling on cast members. Uh, this is the Russo Brothers-directed film about a CIA, uh, a CIA operative turned assassin who looks to evade mysterious forces as he tries to save the lives of, his do- of the daughters who, didn't, who he didn't know he exists. Uh, like I said, stars uh, Chris, Evans and Ryan Go- Chris, Evans. Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. Uh, and it looks like we have an, our newest cast member in the form of Chris Evans' former co-star, Miss Ana de Armas, joining this movie. Who, man, talk about someone who's exploding. Over the past couple of years, she is yeah. she's blowing up. She is blowing up. Girls getting some uh, spotlight time. Get that money, girl. Um, Get that money. Yeah, I. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Russo brothers do post, you know, an MCU type film. So yeah, yeah, this the the whole sounding of it sounds really fantastic. Great cast. So yeah, totally on board. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's going to Netflix, which Russo is having like a really good working relationship with Netflix. I think their next movie. Cherry, which stars Tom Holland, is also dropping for like exclusively to Netflix. So, yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Netflix coming back at it again with our next story because Russell, you remember we talked about the amazing cast for one film called Don't Look Up that Adam McKay was doing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Russell, if you can believe it, the cast just got even better because he, well, three scenes who just joined the cast, Tyler Perry is going to be in the movie. Melanie hey, Linsky. TP. Melanie Linsky is gonna be in the movie. Ron Perlman joined the movie, and Chris Evans back at it again. He's in the movie now. Oh man! So th- crazy. This cast is, again. Like we are, we went over it, but like also cast includes like Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio, and Meryl Streep, and Jonah Hill, and Timothy Chalamet, and so many talented yeah, people. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, this movie's gonna be insane, man, and I can't wait to watch it. Seriously, like a stack, stacked ensemble cast. Like I, I, I haven't been excited about, this excited about a cast since the cast of Dune. Yeah, and then COVID said it's not coming out in twenty twenty. Yeah, and, and then COVID said go fuck yourself. But that's <laughs> that's neither here nor that's neither here nor there. But but it'd be, it'd be much more fun to watch it at home. <laughs> would it though? Uh, nah, so. it wouldn't. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm I know. Like, I know. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, the, yeah. We're, we're, we're all so excited for Dune. And then COVID just said, oh, yeah. I bet you thought. Uh, God. But yeah, no. trust me, we're going to get we're gonna get all into that later. But, or in a little bit. But yeah, no, dude, this, how, how like, 
Can you get more excited for this movie? Because like, I, I, honestly, this is like borderline being my top on my top ten anticipated next year. I mean, it's crazy. Like, I, like you know, obviously we've talked about it. It's just it's crazy when you get a cast like that. I mean, it's just how can this movie not be anything but fantastic? And you know, I mean, you have everybody working it that's you know the top of their you know top of their art form. You know what I mean? It's crazy to think that you can get that many solid actors and actresses on the screen together. It's it's going to be quite crazy. I, I I'm looking forward to it. And I will admit, I was a little worried for Chris Evans' career post Endgame or, or post uh, MCU. Not anymore. Oh, he yeah, is going to be fine. He is going to be just fine. Uh, speaking of MCU, we got some more casting news on Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man Homeless or whatever the fuck it's called. We don't know. Uh, some more things have developed as far as like casting goes in this film. Uh, in the form of uh, one it's pretty confirmed. Actually, a few that are ones that confirmed, others that are rumored. Uh, the pretty confirmed one is the fact that it looks like Alfred Molina is returning to play the role of Dr. Octopus from uh, Spider-Man 2. I don't know if he's going to be the MCU Doc Ock or Doc Ock from another dimension. I don't know. But in addition to that, it's, again, there's still speculation that Andrew Garfield and, and uh, Andrew Garfield and what's-his-nuts, uh, Tobey Maguire are going to be back. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I did call, call Tobey Maguire what's-his-nuts. Uh, also rumored that Kirsten Dunst is coming back as Mary Jane Watson. Emma Stone is being looked at to come back for as... Uh, What's her name? Gwen Stacy in this movie. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, not to mention, like, this is... Okay, now, here's the thing. When I first heard this new... Oh, and also, also rumored to be in this movie, is Charlie Cox. Who's Charlie Cox? He was Daredevil in Daredevil, the series on Netflix. Jeez. He's rumored to be, he's rumored to be in this movie. Crazy. So here's the thing. When I first heard this, this news, I thought I wasn't super into it. And here's, and here's yeah. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say why. It's because I th- I'm a little burnt out on this concept of like, oh, we're just going to do this movie so we can bring back like other people from under the other dimensions. Because uh, I find it, I find it not desperate, but I find it kind of grabby. Because like, here's the thing. Because like Spider-Verse did this, but they also did it with like, they didn't, they didn't rely on characters who you knew from other movies. Like they didn't, they didn't do a scene with like Tom and Toby and Andrew, even though that was planned, that was in the script. But they didn't end up shooting it. And not only that, we're getting like four comic movies that are doing the same thing within like the next like three to five years. One of which is in the same franchise. We got The Flash. Uh, you got Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness, which we'll talk about later. And we also got, uh, and we also got, um, what's the other one? Spider Verse Two. Duh, Spider Verse Two, the one that originated this concept and made it popular. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, Russell, do you think that this content is kind of being is going to be burnt out, or are you excited to see these people come back? I'm excited to see everybody come back. It's that little fun, you know, nostalgic factor too, because you got to understand that, like, when I was in high school and stuff, I got, you know, Spider-Man was the big thing, you know, Tobey Maguire, you know, Kirsten Dunst, and all that. You know what I mean? So it's 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 going to be kind of fun. It's like just seeing the different, you know, the the different the evolution. Of, of the the Spider Mans and you know what I mean it, it should be fun I, I'm looking now, forward to it I, I'm really looking forward to it I do, I do have an idea of how this might play out I do I do have an idea of how this might play out which is what because I first heard of like why are we even doing Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness if this is if this is basically another multiverse movie but I think I know how it's going to tie together and we'll talk about that when we get to our Disney Investors Day stuff uh, okay. um, before we get to the high of Disney we got to get to the low of Warner Brothers because uh, last week we talked about how. Warner Brothers announced that uh, they're 
entire 2021 slate will debut on Max on HBO Max for no additional cost the same day it goes to theaters. First of all, we do have some more details on that. First of all, I, I think I don't know if we talked about this, but it, it will only be on Max for 30 days, which is the same as the theatrical engagement. In which case, it'll be taken off, then we put back at a later time, and it'll be put back for like renting and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, we all we all heard that deal. We're like, oh, that's insane. And Hollywood heard that. We're like, that's insane because yeah, people are not happy. Russell, people are yeah. not happy. So, and there's I a, figure there's a lot of reasons for this. One, here's why. Okay, here's why the actors aren't happy. First of all, uh, when for one eighty people, and it's not because it's called because one woman eighty four. What happened was, uh, one woman eighty four. They cut well, that one was decided to go to streaming. A deal was cut. Uh, yeah. What happened was uh, they agreed upon that, you know, as for as for payment goes for you know actors and directors, usually with like the bigger the bigger actors like who like the face of the movie, uh, it was agreed upon as would make sense that Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot would get a ba- would get a piece of the back end from the film's box office. Uh, it's not going to have a box office, at least not like a one at least not not anywhere near what it could have had. Uh, so they agree. It's like, okay, you know what? Let's just agree that it would have made around a billion dollars, which, I mean, that's not it's not a bad approximation. Yeah, it's no. Not, it's not a bad approximation. So they made that, and they paid them what they would have paid them if the movie did make a billion dollars, which is, a de- which is like, okay, it's a fair deal. And it's a fair deal that we're, we assume that they were going to do for everyone, Russell. Guess what they didn't do? <laughs> Guess what they did not do? <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, uh, they did not give this deal to everybody. Oh no, no, no! They offered this to nobody outside of Gal Gadot yeah. and Patty Jenkins. Uh, to which people? Oops. Yeah, it's to uh, of to which people are fucking pissed. Uh, Denzel Washington's people are pissed. Keanu Reeves's people are pissed. Uh, so many other people are just not happy, and they feel like they're getting screwed. Rightfully so. Like this is a shitty deal to do with some actors, and not especially one, especially Gal Gadot. Like if you're like if you're gonna get that deal of Gal Gadot and not Denzel Washington, you're high. Yeah, you're high. <laughs> huh. uh, but yeah, so that's all, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, we yeah we have we have uh it, it's still going. Uh, also, uh, you know who else is pissed, Russell? Legendary. Who would that be? Legendary oh, oh, is yeah, pissed about this. Makes sense. Uh, Legendary, who of course worked with Warner Brothers to, uh, you know, work, do with Dune and Kong, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, which both of which are slated to have this uh, day release. Uh, here's the thing: Legendary is not happy, and they are threatening legal action against Warner Brothers. Why? Because they didn't know about this until 30 minutes before it was announced. Like, <laughs> oh, by the way, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we're making making this uh, this great uh, this great doing a great Kong movie. Oh, by the way, we're dropping we're dropping this on on uh, streaming the, day, the same day we're putting in theaters. Bye. Uh, we're having a baby surprise. <laughs> surprise. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, understandably, they are pissed. Like I'm not, I'm not saying they do not have the right to be pissed at this, because I mean, yeah, I mean, look, anybody would be. Because like you look at like how mu- how much they must have sank into these movies, like how much they must have put in, how much must have invested, how much these movies must have cost. Like these, these are both probably around like what two hundred million dollar movies. Oh, easily, yeah. 
Yeah, they'll be lucky to see a profit. To see a profit anywhere near what they would have made in theaters. Maybe not on Dune, but definitely on Godzilla vs. Kong. That would have that would have probably killed the box office. I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, so uh there's that and uh there's there's that. The DGA is actually threatening to boycott Warner Brothers. And it's already Jeez. gaining a, a reputation among Hollywood folk as former brothers, which I do like. And uh, I do some someone who came up with some heat at Warner at Warner Brothers was um, our, our good buddy Christopher Nolan. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he had my my favorite comment on this whole thing. He was like, "Some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service." <laughs> I'm like, damn. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think he's entitled to it because look how much money he's made Warner Brothers. You yeah, no, know? He, no like, if, he, if anyone can, if anyone can go and talk shit. It's it's, it's Christopher Nolan, despite the fact that some of the movies yeah. have been very bad recently. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he says like there's such a controversy around it. Because, it's also like there's such a controversy around it because they didn't tell anyone. Uh, said Nolan in an ET Online interview released Monday. It's a very, 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 very messy. Oh, sorry, it's very, very, very messy. A real bait and switch. Yeah, it's sort of. It's sort of not how you treat filmmakers and stars and people who these guys have given a lot for these projects. They deserve to be consulted and sp- and spoken to about what's going to happen with their work, which, yeah, Warner Brothers communication on this was non-existent. Based on, oh, yeah. based on everything we're hearing, yeah. this conversation was non-existent, which is bullshit and entirely unprofessional, and Warner Brothers should be, should be ashamed. Absolutely. I mean, you you couldn't you couldn't not do this and not expect you know people to obviously react the way they do. I mean, it's 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 human nature that they would react like that, especially for you know a, a studio that prides themselves on professionalism, and then you kind of do the counter opposite of it. It's not it's just not right. Yeah, especially when you have like just so many like tentpole movies that you're now just like giving you're not even giving a chance to anymore. I mean, I get it. You can't have these movies sit on yeah. the shelf forever, but like, come on, man. Like, at some at some yeah. point, at, like you, and especially like not discussing anything. It's, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, how do you think it's going to affect Warner Brothers' work relationships in the future? Because honestly, this is this is very bad. It is. I mean, people are going to be super hesitant to work with them because of it. So, I don't know. I don't know if this. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a ripple effect, but to what extent, we don't know. I just think that. You know, they really dug themselves in a pretty deep hole. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what other people trying to work with Warner Brothers down the road, if they do or they choose not to. Like like I said, the small ripplings that we see right now may turn into big ripples. Yeah, no, we'll definitely check out how it plays out. But, yeah, uh, not a good week to be Warner Brothers. But you know uh, who is a good week to be? Disney. Who would that be? Disney. Oh. It's always a good week to be Disney. It's always a good week to be Disney. Uh, because yesterday, as of recording this, we are ta- uh, Disney had their big... Uh, what what was their Investor's Day thing? Was like, Basically what it is, they presented a bunch of, new, a bunch of their like, upcoming projects to the investors. But they decided, like, hey, you know what? Warner Brothers is a smoldering wreckage right now. <laughs> Let's take this time to really twist that knife, and we're going to reveal a bunch of our projects. So, yeah, yeah they unveiled... a ton of shit across like all their platforms we're talking uh we're talking just disney animation disney live action pixar star wars marvel hulu espn uh fx all that good shit 
uh, National Geographic. Like when we're gonna, I'm, we're not gonna break down everything because that could be a whole ep- again that could be a whole episode in of itself. But we're gonna break down a lot of like the bigger bigger announcements towards this. Uh, we're gonna start with like the miscellaneous stuff. I'm just gonna run it down. We're gonna talk about yeah everything as a whole. Uh, this is like all you know, all, anything like announced for Hulu, anything announced for ESPN, anything announced for uh, FX, all that good stuff. Uh, so as far as ESPN goes, we're getting Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith, who I love as a commentator. Uh, he's getting a new studio show. Uh, there's going to be something that might tickle your fancy, uh, Russell. Uh, Tom Brady is going to get a docu series that will be basically Hell his yeah. recountments of all the Super Bowls he went to, which I think. Oh man, I'm down. Uh, we're getting Dope Sick, which is going to be a Hulu show about, uh, I'm not sure what about, but it's going to star Peter Sarsgaard, Michael Keaton, Rosario Dawson, uh, Nine Perfect Strangers, a new David E. Kelly show. It's going to star uh, Nicole Kidman, Melissa McCarthy, Regina Hall, among others. Uh, Taika Waititi is doing a new show for FX, which is funny because that's also as well what we do in the shadows, uh, in, about called Reservation Dogs, which is a comedy about people living on a uh, Native American reservation, which I think sounds pretty fun. Huh. Uh, that is kind of funny. Will Smith is doing a show with National Geographic in which he tours the planet called Welcome to Earth, which I think is great. Huh. Uh, there's going to be a miniseries adaptation of uh, the novel Shogun by... Who the, fuck wrote, who the fuck wrote Shogun? I forgot. Oh, my God. I cannot believe... I forgot, I forgot this. I think it's like David Clavel. David Clavel? It's something Clavel. I forgot his last name. James Clavel. James Clavel Shogun is getting a a uh, a uh, miniseries on FX from the people who did uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, Shogun's been it's it's a famous book about uh, a Japanese uh, guy who is basically at like the heart of like feudal Japan when a bunch of like bad shits going down. It's actually turned into a it was turned into a book. Uh, well, it's a book. It was turned into a series in the eighties. Uh, so Richard Chamberlain and Toshiro Mifune, among others. Like that's a really, really good series. Uh, and last thing was announced. Last main thing was announced. I want to talk about is uh, Noah Hawley of Fargo and Legion has teamed up with Ridley Scott to do an Alien series. And they said this is going to be oh. about the very first Alien encounter, Xenomorph encounter on Earth. So, Russell, you hear everything I just told you. What are some things that stand out to you? Well, obviously the uh, the Tom Brady one, I, I think, obviously is a no-brainer. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Just the recommend of all the Super Bowls that he's been in. He's won six. I think he's gone to, like, ten. He's gone to nine. He's gone to nine. Or nine. Close, close enough. Um, uh, looking forward to that. Um, looking forward to the uh, Melissa McCarthy, what, Nicole Kidman project. I'm looking forward to that because David E. Kelly. David E. Kelly's reason I'm looking yeah. forward to that one. I think that looks. I, th- I think that sounds good. I like the alien. Uh, that whole idea of the very first kind of xenomorph, xenomorph on Earth. I think that sounds kind of intriguing oh, enough. And I totally forgot. Steve Martin and Martin Shorts are getting an, a, a show for uh, FX on Hulu. Like they're they're coming back to TV. I, I, I think that's great. And I would like and I would enjoy that as well. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff there that to be uh, excited about. You know? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, things that happened to me, of course, the Alien series, I think, sounds awesome. I, yeah. love, I love Noah, Noah Hawley's TV work, so definitely looking forward to that. Again, I I'm, I also love David E. Kelly, so Nine Perfect Strangers, I think, sounds really sounds really interesting. Shogun, I think, is a great property that I would love to see, like, a Game of Thrones scale adaptation of in the modern era. 
Uh, and yeah, St- the Stephen A. Smith show because I I love Stephen A. Smith. Like un- I got apologetic. I love Stephen A. Smith. I think the dude's hilarious, and I would watch him comment on anything. So definitely gonna be tuning into that one. Uh, moving into Disney, man, so much stuff that we got announced. First of all, uh, there was uh, child- uh, announced for this is Lucasfilm, but it's not Star Wars. So I'm not leaving it here. So we got Children of Blood and Bone, which is basically it's based on a novel about a uh, group of Af- of an African girl who is trying to find magic to restore the life for a village. Uh, again, based on a very popular popular book. It was a New York bestseller. That's landed at Lucasfilm. And I believe Rick Famuyiwa is attached to direct it. Uh, the Willow series is confirmed. John M. Chu is going to direct the pilot. Uh, what else we got? We got Mighty Ducks. Uh, we, they, they showed the first look at Mighty Ducks. I would have told, told you. I forgot to tell you to see if you could find it. Sorry. Right. But they showed the first trailer for the Mighty Ducks series. Uh, Mighty Ducks I Game bet, Changers is going to be the series. that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Graham is going to co-star. It's going to be about. So w- this is the weird part of it, though. So what happens is, like, the, the Ducks have become, like, a massive, like, Little League hockey franchise. Okay. And, and and like you know like to the point where like they become they become like the evil hockey team. Oh, uh, okay. So now they're trying to make a new hockey team to challenge them, and they go get Gordon Bombay to coach once again, played by Emilio Estevez, who looked who's aged really well, I will say. He's been completely like he's been speaking of Paul Hogan and being dormant, man. Never see Emilio. No, well he's he's back now. He's back. Gordon Bombay is returning to coach hockey. Even though he I seems like, like even though he once again seems like he doesn't want to do it, uh, we get Kyle Chandler to coach football. It's done, done deal. <laughs> oh, he should be the he should, he should be the opposing coach. Dude, that'd be great. Sign me up. Just I'll have, be all over that. Just have like every every team they play be a coach, like a famous like movie or TV coach, like get Kyle Chandler. Uh, go get out, get out Pacino, like, get Billy Bob Thornton, get John Voight, <laughs> Denzel Washington. No, don't get John Voight. Get Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. You can do Varsity Blues, John Boyd. I mean, he was a, he was an ass in that movie too. Yeah, well, but but, but John uh, Boyd's also an ass in real life now. So, oh uh, yeah. Um, who else? You get uh, Coach from Rudy. You can do. Oh, you can you can do so. You can coach, have so much fun with that. You know, that actor, Coach from Coach from Rudy. That guy. You know. Go get Go get Gene Hackman out of retirement. <laughs> yeah. Go get Gene Hackman out of retirement. Walter Matthau was still alive. You can get him. Nick Nolte. That'd be great. Oh yeah, yeah. Nick Nolte. Be great. Uh, so other things we're doing. Oh, uh, we're not even done, Russell. Other things we're doing. Uh, three men, a ba- three men and a baby got confirmed that will star Zac Efron. Uh, there's going to be a Turner and Hooch series, which will star Josh Peck of Drake and Josh. Hopefully, every season doesn't end with a dog die, with the dog getting shot and dying. Spoiler alert for the movie. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, cheap, cheap, cheaper by the cheaper by the dozen, which is. Oh, the Chuba doesn't getting a reboot. It's gonna be a. It's funny. They announced that Gabrielle Union is gonna star as the mother. Which I thought, like, is this gonna be a black family? Because I'm like, no, no black family would have twelve kids. Turns out it's gonna be like a multi, <laughs> a multiracial, multicultural thing. I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. It's still, it's still bullshit, but <laughs> that makes more sense. Uh, uh, yeah. Diary of a Wimpy Kid is getting a new animated movie, and they actually showed some test footage from it. I think, and it's actually very much in the style of the original books which i do think is very I've i think it's very interesting never watched never watched any of those movies they're actually they're not they're not no, too we, bad they're not too bad the first three are not too bad they're actually pretty fun we had that one on a pull didn't we that last one the last one the last one's fucking believe. the last one's fucking awful but the one with alicia silverstone that's the one we yes. had on our poll one time i think we did yes 
And, and I've never seen. I've never seen any of them. That one's really bad. But those first three are actually like they're actually like cute, they're actually like cute family kids movies. Uh, for those who demanded it, we're getting another Ice Age movie. Uh, this one. This is, this is gonna be a spinoff though. It's gonna be Ice Age Adventures of Buck Weasel. That will be about the characters voiced by Simon Pegg in Ice Age three and five. Simon Pegg is coming back to voice it. Which, look, as burnt out as I am on Ice Age, Simon Pegg in the third one is actually like legit, legitimately legitimately funny. So I am actually kind of looking forward to that. Uh, we, we're getting a Night at the Museum reboot, but this time is going to be an animated series. Sean Levy is also coming back to produce. We're getting a live-action CG hybrid Chip and Dale movie, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, will be directed by Akiva Schaefer of Lonely Island, and will star Andy Samberg and John Mulaney as Chip and Dale. Uh, Pinocchio, Pinocchio was confirmed that will be will be starring Tom Hanks, directed by uh. Robert Zemeckis. Peter Pan and Wendy was confirmed for also for Disney Plus, uh, going to star Yaya Shahidi as Tinkerbell. Jude Law as Captain Hook, directed by David Lowry. Uh, uh, Enchanted is getting a sequel. Amy Adams is going to return as Giselle. This one will be called Disenchanted. Will debut directly for Plus. Uh, we're getting Sister Act Three. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg is returning, and Russell. Tyler Perry is officially Disney canon as he will be producing this movie. I love it, man. Got to get TP involved, man. Got to get the TP in there. It's uh, that's that's fantastic. Hocus, po- stuff. Hocus Pocus two was also confirmed. We're also getting a. Uh, okay, that's, that's it for like as far as like movies go. As far as uh, television, we have a lot to talk about. First of which, uh, uh, let's see what else we got. Actually, that's 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 not as far as movies. We'll get, we'll get to other things later. Um, Zootopia is getting a series. It's going to be Zootopia Plus. It's going to be basically like an anthology series about the characters in Zootopia, such as uh, the mouse that got saved from the donut in that little shop, the Giselle Tiger Dancers, Flash is going to be like an anthology, like reality series within. So basically, it's going to be like Zootopia Plus. It's going to be like a streaming service in that world. And on that, you, need you can to have watch. The, like, you need to have the. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You said. So, no, you need to have the DMV. You, you have to have. That. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Sloth, Sloth is getting his own episode. He's getting his own episode. That's confirmed. Uh, He's getting his own episode. That's so great. That well, probably one of my favorite scenes from that movie. So basically, you're gonna be watching what those characters will be watching in that world, which I find interesting. Uh, Love it. I think it's that's it's a good idea. Uh, Disney Animation is also, uh, like I said, this is, these are the first to show us Disney Animation. They're also doing a show based on Baymax from Big Hero Six. He's going to get his own show in which he's going to go around and like, do like medical care for all kinds of people. Uh, Moana is getting her own show. That's going to happen in 2023. Tiana is getting her own show. I believe it's also 2023 or 2022. Jeez. Uh, we also got John Stamos coaching girls basketball in Big Shots. They're getting crazy. Yeah. Uh, so we're also getting a Swiss Family Robinson reboot TV show. And a live-action Beauty and the Beast prequel show that will focus on Gaston and LeFou. Josh Gad and Luke Evans will be reprising their roles from the movie. As far as original things go, uh, they're actually doing something that's very like in, very new and very like innovative. So they're partnering with this uh, South at this Africa. I'm not sure where they're from in Africa. It might be South African. This African uh, arts arts company. And they're making a series together called Iwaju. It's basically going to be like an Afro-futurist technological sci-fi show about class division in this African city. They show some concept art. It looks fucking sweet. It looks Wakanda-ish, but that's kind of going to be expected yeah. because Wakanda is just huge now. But I think that looks great. 
And also announced as far as movies, also as far as movies go, we are getting uh, Encanto, which is this is the only like really new thing they announced. Encanto, which is going to be a Colombian-based movie, animated musical, uh, which will be directed by the director Utopia with songs by Lin Manuel Miranda, who I think is fucking cheating because he's not Colombian; he's Puerto Rican. But still, I love Lin. I love Lin, so I think that's cool. Uh, he's actually been teasing this for a while, so we not finally have word on what that is. So, yeah, Russell, you hear all these stories, all these, all this content we're getting. That's this is just Disney. We haven't even gotten to like Pixar and Marvel and Star Wars yet. So, and anything I just said that sticks out to you, or that you're particularly excited for? Ah, uh, jeez, what do we talk about? That Mighty Ducks thing. I, I obviously, I like that idea. I like the um, uh, what did you say? The uh, God, you said literally a ton of sheds. Um, Moana. Should be, should be kind of fun. Obviously, I'm excited for the Tia, Tia. I'm excited for the Tiana show because they basically talked about how like it's gonna be like a bunch of like new adventures and if you think about it, yeah, she's now the princess of a country she's never been to. <laughs> so how's she gonna react? to Yeah. That? So you got that uh, Moana Tiana. Uh, Zootopia Plus, interesting. Disenchanted. Zootopia. Zootopia Plus, I think sounds fun. I, I just I love you know the slot. Like I said, it's, it's the funnest part of the movie. But I really enjoy Zootopia. Like I just I, I just really enjoy that film. It's kind of crazy we never got a sequel yet for that. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I, there's I, a lot. There's a ton of stuff. I'm intrigued by the idea of the Chip and Dale movie. I'm, I like the idea of the yeah. animated Night at the Museum show. Uh. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So many things, and and keep on. That's that's the longest list we have today. So. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, the other Disney animation branch, Pixar. Not as much things were announced there today. Uh, first things that were announced is that we are... Oh, what, I'm sorry. One more thing that was announced I forgot to mention. Uh, it was announced that Raya and the Last Dragon will be released with Premier Access. It's going to be debuting on theater, in theaters and in Plus on the same day. But this one will charge huh. a premium fee. Which I don't know about you, Russell, but for... Okay. for I, w- I, w- I don't know if I did it for Mulan, but for Raya, I'd gladly pay the 30 bucks. I'm not familiar with Raya, so it's, it's I, a, I don't know. It's, it's a new property, so it's a whole okay. like, original concept. Okay, then, may, then may, and if it looks fun, like I, I got to see the, you know, the trailer for it and stuff like that. Which, but we, um, we, I mean, I wouldn't we, be. We, we reviewed the trailer. We reviewed the trailer for this movie. Raya, which one was which one was Raya? It's the one with like the uh, the Asian Disney movie where you got to go find the last dragon because darkness is like about to kill their country. Oh, shit, yeah. We've reviewed so much shit. Honestly, God, this, this shit sounds all like... Okay, yeah. It blends. Yeah, no, then I would pay 30 for that. That looks fun. It does look fun. Yeah, it looks so, really yeah I, would, I would probably pay 30 for that. Uh, also, okay, so moving on to the Pixar slate. They're significantly less here. Uh, first of all, it was announced that they are doing, uh, for the first time, Pixar is doing shows. Like, they're doing, like, full-length shows. The first of which... Uh, actually, there are three shows they announced, one of which is called... Uh, Doug Days. Doug Days is going to be a spinoff of Up. It's going to be centered around Doug going on oh, you know, the dog. with his adventure. Nice. They actually, they did show a clip of it, and it's like it's a clip of him like taking care of puppies, and it's it's okay. re- it's really funny. And something I did notice when watching the clip is the fact that the animation for the show it looks like movie quality. So something that I think is like really cool they're doing is the fact that they're not like downgrading the animation due to the fact that it's tell that like it's a, it's a series so i i do admire them for you know keeping keeping with that uh they're doing a car series which will be about lightning mcqueen and mater uh traveling cross country 
And they're doing an all-new original series called Win or Lose, which is basically going to be about a middle school softball team in the week leading up to a big game. But the thing is, okay. each episode is going to be told from the point of view of a different character, which I think is a really huh. cool concept. Yeah, something different. Uh, as far as movies go, uh, Luca, which I heard about, the one where the boy befriends the boy who's a sea monster. Uh, is going to be Turning Red, which is the feature-length debut of the director of the... Remember that short bow that premiered in front of, I believe it was... Uh, yeah. Incredibles 2? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's, yeah. this is her directorial... Was that the one... Bao what? was the one... Was Bao the one with the um, the uh, the pork dumplings? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it was announced she's getting her own feature. It's going to be called Turning Red. It's going to be about this 13-year-old girl... You know, she's, she's, she's going along in life. You know, it's 13. Things are really, you know, weird. She's trying to, you know, balance it all. Meanwhile, all the time she has, like, this whole thing where if she gets too excited, she turns into a giant red panda. Like you do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that concept sounds fun. They show, they show some art for it. I think it looks, I think it looks really sweet. And uh, last, last thing they announced, though, this is the one that got me like, oh, shit. They are doing a feature-length origin story movie for Buzz Lightyear. It's going to be about how he went from being a test pilot to a space ranger. Not only that, he'll be voiced by the one, the only, Chris Evans. This is the bit that was the biggest standout to me of, all, of everything. Probably everything like they announced yesterday. I'm like, oh shit. This looks fucking this looks fucking sweet. And yeah, I think the content of that is actually really cool. And I don't, I don't think it's like I don't think it's a bad direction to take because they actually did have a Buzz Lightyear cartoon that happened in the mid-2000s, Buzz Lightyear Star Command, which basically, like, the in-movie universe... Like, it was, like, it was, it, it's weird, because it was like a cartoon in the universe of Toy Story that was made based on the Buzz Lightyear toys in the movie. So it's, it's like him like being like a space ranger and like going on like missions and stuff. But this is going to be like a full-length like origin movie, and I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly down with that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Russell, everything I announced, what are, what, what are the things that stand out to you? What are the things you're excited for? Well, the Buzz Lightyear one for sure. Um, I do like the, uh, the short bow, so I'm kind of curious to see what she, what she can do. Um, what else? That was the Seeing Red, right? Turning you Red. Said? Turning Red. Turning Red. I thought Seeing Red sounded like um, would be a, a good story for uh, Anger from Inside, Inside Out. Out. Yeah. That's what I was saying. The Doug, Which, uh, the Doug cartoon sounds cute. If, if so I'll probably if, check that out. If they're gonna do, Hobbit. if they're gonna do like a movie based on a, a show based on a movie, I think Inside Out would be a perfect candidate for a Disney Plus you, show. You can invest. That's the thing. You can invest in all those different types of emotions, and you can have like, you know, it would be. And it actually could be perfect because you could use that as like educational material for like kids, like when they're going through different problems and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they're going through anger, sadness, and stuff like that, you could actually watch them and you know see. How like how they react to things, you know what I mean? I think it, they could use that as almost like a like a like not like a coping mechanism, but like a educational type and this, for emotions and stuff like that. And this is all part of thing they announced like at the very top. Like they announced that over the next few years we're going to have ten Marvel shows, ten Star Wars shows, fifteen Disney live action animation and Pixar shows. It's not fifteen each. That's like fifteen like as a whole. So and fifteen original movies between those three. So. They're really doubling down on all for plus, so they're really doubling down on the service. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Star Wars, they bu- they announced a bunch of things. So, uh, they showed a sizzle reel for Andor, which is going to be the Disney Plus spinoff of Cassian Andor, who is Diego Luna's character for from a Rogue One, 
which they did release publicly, which, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, it, of course, would confirm the Taika Waititi movie happening. Uh, the, bad, the Bad Batch they showed us as a real four, which is going to be a spinoff of... Actually, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that when we talk about the Sizzle Reel for it. Uh, they, an- the sh- they announced a bunch of new shows, first of which is uh, well, they announced uh, Range of the New Republic and Ahsoka, uh, both of which take place in The Mandalorian, and Ahsoka will have Rosario Dawson reprising her role as Ahsoka Tano from The Mandalorian. Uh, they're doing a droid story, which will be about uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 taking a droid under their wing and going on adventures with them. Uh, Lando Calrissian is getting his own show for Disney Plus, uh, being done by the director of ah, I forgot I forgot who it was doing this, but I'm, I'll I'll move on. Uh, the creator of Russian of the Netflix show Russian Doll. Oh, Lando's coming from the creator of the Netflix show Dear White People. That's who's doing that one. Uh, okay. The creator of Russian Doll on Netflix, which is an excellent show. If you haven't watched it, go do it. Uh, she is doing a show for for Disney Plus called The Acolyte, which is going to be like a mystery thriller type of show, but in Star Wars, set during the set during the fall of the High Republic. Uh, there's going to be an animated uh, anthology show called Visions, which I think sounds really cool. Uh, but the biggest two pieces of news, first of which is uh, for Rogue Squadrons, uh, or sorry, not Rogue Squadron, Rogue Squadron, which is a thing from. Legend. It's not really canon anymore, but it was like a really big, like popular, like Legends book, uh, basically about like this, like uh, command of, or this like troop of like fighter pilots for the Republic. Uh, it, it was, was a uh, game for N sixty four. Yes, there was. Uh, there was a Rogue Squadron game. Uh, yeah. It was not. They're going to make a Rogue. Not only are they making a Rogue Squadron movie, but Patty Jenkins is going to direct it. That will come out in Whoa. Christmas of twenty twenty three. And the biggest news for me, at least for Star Wars, and that's that was great. But this is the this is the one for me. Uh, Obi Wan is moving forward. We all know that. But the biggest, the, the great piece of news that I love from this, it was confirmed that Hayden Christensen is coming back. He will be reprising his role as Darth Vader for this show. So yeah, Russell, a lot to unpack. First of all, I want to talk about the Sizzle reel we actually saw. We saw ones for both uh, Andor and the Bad Batch. Uh, so yep. I want to start with one you're more familiar with, uh, Andor, because you I know you've seen Rogue One. Uh, what do you think of the look? Yeah. What, what do you think of the look of Andor? Uh, I liked it. I mean, it had that story, like how you know you kind of hear Diego Luna talking about his character from Rogue One and how he really liked how it pretty much was the type of film that attached like the new generation to the old generation pretty much because what you're doing is you're it's it's in between. You know what I mean? It's in between a, a, a you know the beginning of a new hope. Uh, and you know uh, what revenge of the sith and a new hope because it literally begins it ends with the beginning of a new hope yeah um and i like that and i like how you know everybody on set was really super excited and and and, and, you know uh just the you know they're doing this and they're not half-assing it they're 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 taking the and, and that's what they're talking about like they're treating this like it's an actual motion picture event and i think that in itself gets you excited because you know that they're not gonna half ass it it's not gonna look like you know, chintzy or anything like that. I mean, what you see is what you get. You're going to get really great quality uh, entertainment. And I think, I think it looks fantastic. Like the world that they're trying to submerge themselves in with, you know, Cassian Andor and just the whole star Wars feel and aesthetic to it. Like when it comes down to creatures and face, you know, uh, facial features and just the, the, the very attention to detail that the characters in the star Wars galaxy uh, have. I think it looks fantastic. So to me, yeah, that was the one that I obviously knew a little bit, a little bit more 
obviously a lot better than I really didn't know anything about the Bad Batch. So well, to me, which I'll, which I'll tell you about in a bit. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So um, but yeah, I think I think Andor looks really. Sp- I was really excited for. I mean, I was I was interested in Andor, but like, well, I've seen that real. I was like really, really hyped on it because like, yeah, you think about it. Like, we're seeing, we're basically seeing like, what is essentially like a splinter's not not a splinter cell, but like, it's it's like a whole like rebellion against like a giant empire. We're seeing it firsthand through Cassian Andor, and I think that yeah, yeah. I, I really love Diego Luna as an actor. I think he's fantastic in in most oh, things. Oh, for sure. And yeah, the fact that we didn't we didn't even really think it was going to happen, like because like it kept like getting pushed, and like we weren't really hearing any developments on it. But now to see like they're actually doing it, I'm like, fuck yeah! Not to mention we got some cast yeah. members like Stellan Skarsgård is going to be in this show. Fiona Shaw is going to be in the show. So yeah, I mean it's it's moving full steam ahead, and I cannot wait to see Andor. I think that drops 2022, so I'm definitely looking forward to watching that. Uh, now the Bad Batch. This is one you're not familiar with. And I, I, I know why. Yeah. So this is a spinoff of Clone Wars. Basically what this is, it, in the last season of Clone Wars, they introduced this new uh, clone troop called their Clone Force 99. They were called the Bad Batch. Basically what they were were they were clones who were genetically altered to be okay. you know, like better soldiers. Like uh, there's one who has like really good senses. There's one who's like a, like a tech genius. One who has like impeccable aim. There's one who's like super big, like super big and like a big like, brawler type guy uh they were introduced in the last season of clone wars they had a four season arc and they were they were awesome i loved those guys i loved the four episodes they had i wanted to see more of them so they announced that they were doing a full-length show and this is the first look at that and this takes place after order 66 so basically and something established in the show which is really cool and spoiler alert since you had seen the show what they do establish because when you watch the show you're just like, why would these clone troopers turn against the Jedi? Because they all seem really tight. Like they seem like they have like a really good rapport with the Jedi. And you find out on the show the reason is is because when the clones were made, they were they were installed with chips in their heads. They were basically That's made right. they were basically made to be sleeper cells. So when they hear the words like Manchurian Candidate. Like Manchurian yeah. Candidate. So when they hear the words Order sixty six, yeah. they had no choice but to kill any Jedi nearby. Which is why they turned them like, and it, I that was genius. Sense. So, yeah. So, uh, that's what's going on there. And it looks like these guys don't have those chips in there. It looks like they don't. They weren't made with those chips. So, yeah, it's going to be about them. So, Russell, as someone who is not familiar with the show, w- with Clone Wars, or this, you know, concept of what they're doing, uh, what did the Bad Batch Sizzle Reel do for you? Were you, you excited for the I show? I mean, I was just because of the fact that Momoa and Keanu Reeves. I'm like, what? the two actors you would never sh- assume would share a screen together. You know what I mean? Like, like what? <laughs> oh, it's, the, it's the, like the, the Momoa and like, Keanu? The fact they look like Momoa and Keanu Reeves? Yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, the fact that they're on screen together, like, it's kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Like, they're actually going to be on screen together. <laughs> I think it's kind of crazy. But, um, no, I, I like I like the idea. Um, like I said, I, I don't know too, too much about it, but what I saw... I was intrigued enough to where I would watch it, you know, obviously. So, uh, you know, mission accomplished for them. Um, it, it looks fun. Um, and, and then what, this is coming out June of what, 2021? I think so. Yes. Yeah. It looks fun though. I'm, I'm on board. Like I said, I, I, it's something completely out of my realm. Uh, something I don't know too much about. So I'll kind of check that out and try to get a little bit more versed than that. But but out of everything else I've announced, I've I've told you about on this slate. What is, what, what are some things that you're intrigued intrigued about or excited for? For Star Wars? Yeah. Um I'm 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 super excited about uh, the Darth Vader. I, I that's my favorite character in Star Wars, so 
uh, Vader for sure. Uh, Andor, um, I'm looking forward to that. I think that looks uh, has a lot of potential with that, especially because they they said they're going to make it a 12 series show that I'm sure they'll probably end up pushing and making more. Obviously, I think it's going to go over pretty well. I think yeah. it's going to be really receptive from the Star Wars fans. Uh, I, um, I mean, I, I will. Good. What's that? No, I was going to add on the fact on uh, Vader. Uh, Hayden Christensen, I I love that they brought him back because you think about like everything he got for he all the shit he got for Star Wars. Because here's the thing, I've always said this: Do I think Hayden Christensen is bad in the prequels? I do. Do I blame him for it? No, I actually do think that his casting was good. I think he could have been a great Anakin Skywalker. Problem is, he got but direction, that, yeah. bad direction, and just bullshit to say for two movies. So. But I think his acting got better from uh, Clone, you know, Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith. I know that's not saying a whole lot. Yeah. But I, I you can see the boundaries. You can see see the leaps that his acting or his like deliveries and stuff like that have, have taken between those two films from you know obviously two thousand and two and two thousand and five. Like you, you you can see the, the the leaps that his acting had kind of gotten. You know what I mean? I think he was a lot smoother but, in Revenge of the Sith as opposed to sounding lost and kind of confused the whole time during Attack of Clones. But I also want to see like how he fares in the hands of, like different directors because Hayden Christensen is a good actor. You check out Sh- uh, no, I think he is. Yeah, Shattered yeah. Glass, Life as a House. There's so many things he's done where he's just he's killing it, and that just doesn't. Tra- George Lucas did not translate. He kind of fucked him up in that case. But yeah, no, that looks great. You were talking about the Bad Batch. Yeah, the Bad Batch. Like I said, it's something that I, I don't know too too much about. Um, and you and what we have Jason Momoa and Keanu Reeves both in this. The, no, no, they're, so, they're not. They're not. I mean, it looks like it looks like them, but no, they're not in this. Oh, that's okay. I thought they were actually in, in it. Oh, okay. They're are they just like clones then? They are clones. Yeah. Or what? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that, then. I think that whole idea is kind of cool. I really thought that was okay. That's not them, then. Okay, damn. It, it look, right. I, 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 that's why I said it, it looks like them, but no, it's not them. Yeah. Oh well, shit. Uh, yeah. Here I, I, I mean, am thinking that it was like that's why I said at the beginning I was like, well, I could never imagine Momoa and Keanu Reeves on the screen together. Well, it's still okay. Never mind then. Keep keep imagining. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the Bad Batch looks cool. I'm excited by the concept of the acolytes and uh, Rogue Squadron. Uh, Rogue Squadron, I am too, because I played the video game. Yeah, I played FRN sixty four when that came out. Yeah, but still, it, I'm definitely looking forward to like. And didn't they films. have something with Shadows of the Empire? Uh, on, oh, as far as like games go, non Star Wars. Oh, I as far as the they, announced they things. No, they, they, I don't think they announced anything for Shadows of the Empire. Okay, because I remember playing that, that video game for sixty four and loving that. So I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, now moving on to the Marvel slate. This is the, this besides Disney. This is the biggest slate we have. So uh, we had looks at uh, WandaVision, Winter Soldier, and Loki, all of which dropping for Disney Plus next year. Uh, WandaVision drops January. Winter Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier drops March, and Loki drops I think in like sometime in summer. I don't think I remember seeing a date. Actually, why don't we just talk about like the, the things we actually saw right now? Oh, and what if? What if as well? They showed the first uh, yeah. teaser animation for that. So just like talking about like the looks of these things. Uh, in our second look at WandaVision, we got that first trailer. I will say that this trailer, I am disturbed, I am horrified, and I can't wait to see this show. Oh, no, it looks fantastic. I love the, the song that they use for it. I can't think of the hell they use, though. Also, what song did, was that? Did, did you notice Michael T. Williamson ah. in this trailer? I did not. 
There's a black. There's a black dude. Like when they went with the black neighbor. I swear the black neighbor is Michael T. Williamson. I have to double check it when I watch it again. Double check, but yeah, no, I'm I'm already so on board with Wandavision that I. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm already I'm so on board with it. Uh, we need to get our first like full length look at Falcon Winter Soldier, which looks. I think this 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 series looks fucking incredible. I will say. It does, yeah. Yeah, uh, I love the back and forth between the two of I them. I just like, I like, I like them. I'm just going to say them. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to say the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love, like, I also take took notice to the look of the show because, like, they they said these are going to be movie quality and they were right. These look like movie quality shows. Like, they don't look like, they don't look like TV. They look like feature length films. And I, I like that they're not, like, no, skipping I mean, on that. And, yeah, it definitely puts you in that world, and that's what they want. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's a continuation off of the movies. You know what I mean? Which is great, and just it builds that whole entire atmosphere, that whole entire universe, which I think is really cool. Yeah, but I do love the last scene where it's like him flying through the canyon and like him getting shot at. That yeah, that's a great action sequence. I'm excited to see like that st- that style of action brought to the small screen. Something else I'm excited for is by the light, about the fact that I think the logo is still fucking hideous. Is Loki. <laughs> Uh, Loki, we saw our first, like, feature-length look at Loki. So, like, I, I think I predicted this when they, we saw the first look for Super Bowl, uh, that he is dealing with the Time Variance Authority, the TVA. It's basically him, like, answering for all his crimes across, uh, all timelines. And Tom Hiddleston is back as Loki. So, Russell, what do you think of the, of the first look for Loki? I liked it. I like how they kind of set it up to where, what was it, that little Tesseract was it the Tesseract, the cube, or whatever? Yeah, that's yeah. not the Tesseract, is it? No, that is the, that is the Tesseract. You're right. Yeah, yeah. When they when they, when he kicked it, and then you know Loki grabs it when Hulk like hit it or whatever, and then he grabs it and he kind of gets transported. It kind of like take it from that like they they begin it from like right there almost. You know what I mean? Which I thought was kind of cool. It's like, well, this is what Lo- this is what happened. To, you know what I mean? What, what Loki was doing while that was going on. I thought it was kind of cool. You know how they did that with the storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So we see him like going across all the time. We see him that. He's- Yep. going different eras we see that and it looks it looks crazy it looks wild and Tom Hiddleston looks like he's having a, the time of his life making this show so I'm definitely excited for that uh, last thing we got to look at is the show What What If which is maybe the thing I'm most excited for out of anything we actually got to see uh, on the dock so basically what this is is uh, based on a uh, Marvel comic run in the 90s in which The Watcher voiced in this case by uh, Jeffrey Wright uh, takes you to different universes to tell you, like, it, you know, like, what if things happen like this? We see, like, a couple concepts. Like, we already know the first show is going to be about, like, what if, what if uh, Peggy Carter got Super Soldier Serum? We see that another concept they're doing is, like, what if Yondu picked up T'Challa instead of Peter Quill? Uh, we see that. Well, what else we got? We got a Zombies episode. We got so much stuff, and we're getting, like, all the voice actors, all the actors from the movie. Including Chadwick Boseman, who's so I'm so happy he got to. Re- it's gonna be so like surreal to hear his voice as Black Panther for the last time. Yeah, but Russell, I th- agree. Yeah, and I also take notice of like the animation style. This is unlike any animated show I've ever seen. Like it just looks so. Yeah, I mean, it looks it, so maybe, great. Maybe be revolutionary, like how Spider Man and the Spider Verse was almost kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy seeing all those characters on the on the screen together. But you were gonna ask me which one I'm more excited about. I think out of the MC. Yeah, MC. Which, 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 which one? Which one are you more excited? Which one are you most excited about? The, of the ones we saw, what are you most excited about? I, 
I say between it's WandaVision and Falcon, I would probably say. I would go with either one of those. WandaVision, I've been excited, obviously, since we heard the inception, you know, the inception of it. And then uh, the Falcon Winter Soldier combo, just to the, the see those two kind of play off one another, almost kind of reminds you of how Cap and, and Falcon's relationship was, like that back-and-forth banter between characters. I think that's almost like cut and paste using Winter Soldier and Falcon. Um, I like that. And I just like kind of how what we were saying about the Star Wars thing. I like how they're not really, you know shying away from using that movie quality to to put their product out you know what i mean they're they're spending money and that's what's going to make that big difference when you're going to watch it you're going to get transported into these you know universes and it, it looks fantastic so i'd say between those two shows are the ones i'm kind of looking forward to the most yeah i think it's definitely what if number one for me but i'm also really looking forward to stock and a soldier i think that show looks fantastic and i can't wait to see it now other things they announced of course shang chi finished filming uh of our confirmed cast members, we got Simu Liu, Simu Liu as the titular character Shang Chi, Aquafina, Tony Leung. Um, who else we got? Michelle Yeoh, Flora Matthew, uh, Victor Drago from Creed Two. He's going to be in the movie. Uh, you got to get one in there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get one. Yeah. Uh, Tatiana Maslany was confirmed as She Hulk. Mark Ruffalo was confirmed from the show. And Russell, the biggest news: Tim Roth is coming back to the MCU. The Abomination is going to wow. be in this show. And, oh, that's crazy. And something they said was, she's a superhero lawyer, so they're implying that they could have other characters pop in for an episode. So we'll see, what, we'll see where nice. that goes. Uh, other things that were announced, uh, there's going to be a secret invasion show starring Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos from Captain Marvel. Basically, what this is going to be, a secret invasion is an arc where... Uh, the Skrulls, who are the shape-shifting aliens of Captain Marvel, came in and kind of just like, kind of just like start integrating themselves into humanity, and so it's gonna be basically about them trying to like read out, read out the, the cells of uh, the cells of Skrulls around the world, which I didn't think they would do, but I guess they are doing now. Uh, there's gonna be an oh. Ironheart show, which is basically a, it's basically a show about uh, Riri Williams. Who was Iron Man after? Who was took over as Iron Man after Tony Stark and won one of the comics? Really cool character, the black black female, gonna bring in a whole new audience for Iron Man. And speaking of Iron Man, another series got greenlit is Armor Wars, which is an adaptation of a classic Iron Man arc in which uh, villains got a hold of Stark technology and started making their own Iron Man suits. Don, che of course, we had no Tony Stark, oh. but Don Cheadle will be starring in this show. Only had to be in the MCU for 10 years to get his own project. <laughs> Finally. Uh, this is a weird thing, but they're doing a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas uh, holiday special. Uh, it's going to be dropping in, I want to say like 2022 or 2023. James Gunn will write and direct, and it will shoot at the same time they shoot Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, and also Groot is getting a short-form animated series called I Am Groot. Thor Love and Thunder was confirmed. Uh, not, Christian Bale was confirmed as the villain. Not only that, it was confirmed today that... Uh, what's her name? Jamie Alexander will reprise her role as Lady Sif from Thor 1 and 2. Which begs the question, where the fuck was she <laughs> during Thor 3? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm excited, that, I'm excited for that. Uh, Ant-Man Ant Ant 3 was confirmed. going to be called Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, let's see, all the major players are returning. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas. Uh, they straight up said fuck you to whoever played Cassie Lang in Endgame because they've recast her. Catherine Newton is not going to be playing that role. 
Uh, and Jonathan Majors was, of course, confirmed as Kang the Conqueror for that movie. Uh, Black. They did talk a bit, bit about Black Panther 2. Uh, how and they did make this very clear. They are not going to recast uh, Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, which I will get into later on why I think that's bullshit. But or why I think they're not why I think they're not being entirely truthful with us. And I'll, I'll get to it in a second. Uh, Doctor Strange two was confirmed to tie in with both the events as we figured, both the events of WandaVision and Spider Man three. Uh, it was confirmed, of course, Benedict Cumberbatch is returning. Benedict Wong is returning. She would tell Edgy for coming back. And someone who we did not think was going to come back, but turns out it is, Rachel McAdams is going to be reprising her role as Christine Palmer in Doctor hey, Strange. There we go. And the biggest news, of course, is happening, Russell. They're going to take another swing at this one. Fantastic Four. They're trying this again, but this time in the hands of competent people. And it was said that <laughs> the role of... Uh, not the role. The, well, yes, the role of director will be filled by Spider-Man's own John Watts, which was a shock to me. I thought it was for sure going to be Peyton Reed. <laughs> but probably busy working on Ant-Man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, will want, I do want to talk about Doctor Strange. because I did talk earlier about how I was, wasn't intrigued about Spider-Man until I heard about Doctor Strange. Stuff. Here's, what, here's what I think is going to happen. Spider-Man is going to be a dumbass. He's going to fuck everything up. Doctor Strange is going to deal in Spider-Man 3. That's what that. He's going to fuck everything up in Spider-Man 3. Multiverse is going to be all out of whack. Doctor Strange, his movie is going to go fix all that shit. And he's going to get everything in order. And somewhere in the middle, this is why I think Black Panther is bullshit. Somewhere in the middle of that, T'Challa is going to fall into some kind of space hole. And then they, he's lost forever. So they got to go find him. They, they, well, not go find him. They got to go to another universe and get another T'Challa. But since he's from another universe, he's going to look different. Or they're going to go find what I think is the more likely scenario. They're going to go find the universe in which Killmonger was a good guy and bring him back to make him the Black Panther, which I wouldn't deny, which I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed to because I love Michael B. Jordan and I want him in everything. Uh, so yeah. of everything I just said, Russ, I know I just dumped a lot on you. But Jeez, yeah. what, <laughs> we're getting a lot of Marvel in the next couple of years. What are you excited we are. about? I- Obviously, Doctor Strange, I would say. I, I really like a different, you know what I mean, one of those side characters. I, I like that. I like the idea of bringing back uh, uh, Tim, Roth, or, yeah, Tim, Roth, Tim Roth's character. I think that's fun. that's great because I love Incredible Hulk. I think it's under very underrated. Well, that, that's, uh, that's just me. He's, he's going to be in She-Hulk, not Doctor Strange. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, oh, okay. no, 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 I, it was oh you were just saying, saying, saying in general. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just looking forward to another go with the Fantastic Four. Hopefully they find something that sticks and makes money. Um, it's a shame they couldn't do it with uh, the, the cast that they had. They had a fantastic, literally a fantastic cast for the <laughs> last one. It's just, it's a, it's a shame that Trank just, Trank's, you know, Trank tanked. Um, it's just, it's just a shame that it was, you know, just kind of sabotaged from the get-go. So, uh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of the other stuff, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, um, uh, ben Mendelsohn and the Samuel L. I, I like those two characters a lot. I think, you know, uh, I think that that'd be pretty entertaining. Um, yeah, uh, I'd yeah. say that stuff. I think that that's yeah. Uh, I, I like uh, I like uh, yeah Doctor Strange two and more anticipated projects in the next couple of years. I think I'm intrigued by the by the concept of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special because like what are we what what is the, what are they even celebrating at this point? <laughs> Uh, I think I, yeah. think I think that'd be funny. A Secret Invasion, yeah, that looks that looks that looks pretty cool. Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, obviously, because Taika Waititi is the man. 
Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm looking forward. There's not a thing I'm not looking forward to on this slate. I'm just going to say that. There's not a thing, there's nothing I'm like, eh, I don't care. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah. give me, give me all the IP. Give me all that IP. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's going to do it for, that is everything, not everything, but everything I felt like we was worth covering from Disney Investors Day. All right, Russell, it's that time of the show. It's the main event. This is the movie of the week. And Russell, you know, a couple weeks back, we saw a trailer for a movie called Fat Man, in which Mel Gibson played a Santa Claus who was trying not to get killed by Walton Goggins. Oh. Yeah. Yep. We saw that trailer and both knew instantly, we need to watch this movie and review it for the show. But you actually, I got to give you credit for this, you actually did a lot of the heavy work here. You managed to secure the perfect guest for this week, man. I got to give you props for that. Because <laughs> uh, in studio, uh, we have... The people who actually directed the movie, we have Ian and Esham Nelms. Guys, thank you so much for being here today. How you guys doing? Good, man. Thanks for having us. Yes, great to be here, guys. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, so happy you decided to come and join us. So uh, we have so much to get into. I guess the first question on like, both of our minds is, and we thought this from the second we heard about this movie coming out, just like, where, where did this concept, how did you come up with this concept? Where did it come from? Like, where, What's the thought process behind making this movie or, or, or writing it, I think, because you also wrote the screenplay. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, look, for us, there was it, it. There was room in the genre, right? So, like, everyone had seen Santa Claus as Tim Allen, which is a perfectly nice, family-friendly version. Uh, we've all <laughs> seen, like, the sociopath that comes down your chimney with a hatchet and chops you up. Uh, and we were like, well, what if there's a version where we make some sort of, like, contemporary Western where... Chris Kringle is a man with idiosyncrasies and foibles, and he's just like an everyman. And uh, we just wanted to make him like a, a badass superhero kind of guy. And that's and what we sort of approached it as. And, and from there, the, the story sort of built out. Yeah, like how do we go through the mythology and try to ground some of this stuff so it could be real? Like how would this actually work? And then how, is it, how would his powers actually work? And then if he was... If he was hiding amongst, you know, like, like he, there is no, like, real North Pole. There's nothing up there. He's got to go to the grocery store and get some food. So he'd probably be kind of hiding amongst normal people in a certain in a certain way, but also be out of the way. That's why we came up with Alaska. Um, and then, like, you know, how would he get funding? And there'd probably actually be some subsidy because he is a benevolent, altruistic being. And, like, you know, who would be able to profit from that? So then we started thinking about that. And then... <laughs> We kind of went down the rabbit hole, and then, of course, now, you know, he's being taken advantage of by the U.S. government, and they're, you know, really putting the screws to him in the scenario that we have, because the whole thing was, you know, as kids are, as, as he's been out of the limelight for hundreds of years, you know, everything's kind of gone to hell, and now it's it's up to him to sort of try to get it all back together, and that's what he's trying to figure out. After hundreds of years of being out of the out of the spotlight, and, you know, he's not, a, he's not the, 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 the personal figure he was. Now, like, how how do you, how do you get it back after after this has all kind of gone to hell? Handbasket. So that I mean that that's kind of our setup, um, and then of course we like the idea of this hitman coming in, going after him, and of course a little kid has to hire him um, <laughs> because <laughs> he pissed off. Who else motivated? <laughs> because of course. Um, so that that's pretty much how it started. And then we just trying to started breaking it down and really trying to think it through. No, yeah, that sounds. That sounds. Yeah, yeah, no, that's. I mean, it's it's a very interesting process how that came to be. But something else I also want to know is like, what was it like trying to like sell this movie, like trying to get a production company to get behind this? Because it's actually I don't know, it's actually produced by both David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, 
of uh, you know something Halloween, uh, Eastbound and Down, so many, so many uh, great projects. Uh, you know, what, what was it like trying to get them on board and get other people on board? It's like, hey, we're gonna do this. I mean, it hasn't been easy. <laughs> I think so. We we wrote this thing like 14 years ago. Oh, wow. We had a workable script wow. that we were shopping around about 14 years ago. And the problem we kept running into is people would they wanted to meet with us, they wanted to talk with us, they liked the script, and then you know half of it I think was masochistic. They just wanted to see the two maniacs that wrote the script and and get to meet us. And like, who are these nuts that wrote this? So we would sit in there, we talked to them, they liked the script, they're like, this is great. Like, what's the tone of this? Like, how do you see this? And then we would start talking about, you know, Unbreakable and Unforgiven and like our love for Sergio Leone, Leone westerns. And then it was like. Okay, but is it like where does the how does the comedy weave into it? And so we would we would start to try to talk about it, and they were like, "Well, you're not going to be able to direct this," and we're like, "Why not?" And they're like, "Because it's very director dependent, and you haven't done anything that shows that you can handle all these genres that are in here." So, literally, we just started kind of writing backwards. We started writing scripts that we thought we could get made, and have some really close calls on some of those, um, and then. Ended all the way back up to Lost on Purpose, which was which is a, a, a film about basically it's kind of our American graffiti or last picture show. It's about where we grew up, and we were able to do that for two hundred grand, and we were able to sort of step our way back up into Fat Man, and finally we did uh, Small Town Crime, which is another movie that really has, really good movie. I need Small Town Crime. Go watch Small Town Crime. Oh, thanks, man. Thank uh, you. But we were able to mix a lot of genres in that movie and kind of do our thing. Our voice, quote unquote, is what you would call it. Um, so, like, we're mixing, you know, it's got a Western slant to it. It's got, you know, a lot of dark comedy. It's also got a big ensemble cast of a bunch of crazy characters that we've really grounded and kind of put into the same world. And so we were able to point back when we went into meetings after that movie and say, hey, it's it's a lot, the, the, the genre, the feel, the tone is a lot like this movie that we just did, Small Town Crime. And so... They would read it, and then we'd get a very different reaction. Like, oh, okay, I understand this now. Great. So that's kind of how it went. We did small crime, and that kind of opened up the the world for us as far as being able to say, we want to do this next. Wow, so 14 years. Wow, so there's, there's a lesson for you today, kids. Don't give up on your dreams. If your dreams involve <laughs> you know, trying to kill Santa in a movie with a hitman. It, it's, yeah, it certainly was, it's certainly a marathon in the movie business. Right, I get you, I get you. Uh, so I do have some questions regarding the kid, Billy. Because like, I, I do want to know like, where the inspiration for that kid came from. Because to me, at least watching the movie, and I don't know if Russell, if you agree, he played like a mini Patrick Bateman, a little like from American Psycho. <laughs> See, it was a mix of that, and it was, it was a mix of Ethan Embry from Dutch, that like little mm. prick kid that you just like hate. Um, you know, the, the movie Dutch with uh, Ed O'Neill and Ethan Embry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where he's just like a he's just like a little asshole, and that's the vibe I got. From uh, Chance Hurstfield's, you know, Billy in this in this film. Oh, I yeah, mean, for sure. We we Esham and I taught uh, swimming lessons to little kids in L.A. for like okay. the last fifteen years, and while most of the kids have been a pleasant, experience. the kids were wonderful <laughs> in their own wonderful way. But there were the over the fifteen years, there were the one or two. Uh, that were, you know, very privileged, running the roost, running their household, and they're only like four, and they're kind of ru- they're ruling it with an iron fist, um, and and you could just you could just see where that was going to possibly end up in our minds. So we sort of heightened it and wrote it in this character that was very privileged, 
that was kind of getting everything he wanted up until this year, winning all the first place ribbons, tearing it up, and then finally something doesn't go his way. But you know, he's so built up at that point to getting his way that he's he 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 sort of loses his shit this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He takes it to the nth the nth degree. Now, a uh, question I did have, uh, writing. I'm sure one of you will. I'm sure one of you will have an answer. Maybe the, maybe the same one made it different. Uh, as a kid, which one of you is more likely to pull a hit on Santa Claus for not getting what they wanted? It probably would have been a group effort. It probably would have oh, been group both. effort. It's a teamwork. But I, I will never say like there is no trauma around Christmas for us. Like our parents went hard on the holidays. Like that was the one you know time of year where mom and dad made it rain. And, that being said, it was like a, a, a vast desert to get to Christmas. So if like you needed shorts in the middle of summer, it'd be like, yeah, Christmas is coming. You know, but you had to, you had to be planning ahead. Uh, this is like, wait till Christmas, then you get nothing else the rest of the year. Yeah, exactly. Right on. Right on. So I think the, a big question on Russell and I's mind is just the casting of Gibson. We want you to talk to us about that. You know, what was what was your reaction? When you, like, what, what was the process of getting him? What was your reaction like when you found out? Oh my God, we're directing Mel Gibson in a movie. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, look. Um, so about getting getting Gibson is is we we didn't we we didn't initially conceive the role being cast by Gibson, you know, being Gibson, but. In about 2016, we saw Gibson doing uh, a Q&A for Hacksaw Ridge. And that's when okay. we, he had this great-looking beard, and he had like the weight of the production on his shoulders, and he was kind of run down, but he still had the spark for, and the passion for the film. And he yeah. and I just threw it to each other, and we're like, man, that's the guy. That really feels like Chris to us. You know? like, and so awesome. now, you know, cut to three years later, we're putting it together. And we're using, you know, and, and through uh, Rough House and Brandon James and all that, we're submitting to his agent. We have to do that all formally. And we write him a letter. And, uh, you know, and besides, you know, you know, extolling our affection for him and, and the, how amazing we feel like this, he could be in this movie, we, we just say, hey, dude, Danny, you look amazing in a beard as well. And so we <laughs> sit around, we're sitting around for like a couple weeks and we're like, ah, oh, like we don't, we didn't, haven't heard anything and we're getting a little down in the dumps. And then all of a sudden, this well, we email. We were getting a ton of emails from like from financiers that we were going to be taking meetings with. That were like, "Okay, I'm interested in this. This sounds cool. Um, I like the script or whatever. Like, let's set up a meeting." So I got this email. I was like, "Hey, I read the script. I really enjoyed it. It was really funny. Let's sit down for a chin wag." And it didn't have a sign off on it. And so I was like, first, what's a chin wag?" And then it was like, "Okay." I wrote it back. I was like, "All right, hey, thanks. I thought it was just another financier." I'm like, "Hey, thanks." Really appreciate the compliments. Like, you know, I'm glad you dug it. Like, you know, who am I talking to first? But yeah, let's sit down. And then he was like, oh, sorry, I forget to sign off sometimes. This is Mel. And, you know, like his email what? email wasn't like, you know, Freedom Fighter Braveheart 25. It was like <laughs> some I was like, fuck. You know, there was no clue that it was going to be Mel. Like, oh, this is Mel. Holy shit. I think Esh and I hugged at that point. And then it was like. That's awesome. All right, let's get a meeting. And then our agents talked to his agents. They were like, "Yeah, you get forty-five minutes with him at this uh, at this cafe in Malibu." We're like, "Okay, great." Um, we sit down with him, and like three and a half hours later, we emerge from the meeting. Like, you know, like like we had such a great conversation. We just talked for three and a half hours about life and movies and his movies and Fat Man. And it was down to the moment when we knew we had the right guy when he started talking about that scene where he's standing on the balcony and he's like 
talking to the elves and he's got to break the bad news to him. He's like, I just think at the moment I, I'm going to be like ready to cry because I'm so devastated. And we're like, yeah, he's all, it's the worst news I've ever had to tell him. We're all, yeah. He's on. I think that's what's going to be so funny about it. And we're all exactly like, yeah, not the layers that we were after because we were, we were talking about this grounded approach and then started talking about that scene. We just we knew we had the right guy when he nailed it. Like, no. yeah, he was also Chris is this old cowboy, and then obviously like put it was we just knew he was right in the step in step with us. Yeah. Now you don't have to confirm. That's awesome. You, you don't have to say it out loud because I can see you, you can just wink. Uh, Mel Gibson's email is definitely Patriot Beaver sixty nine, right? You can just wink, right? <laughs> They went. <laughs> uh, and I think uh, Russell, you were curious about you know if there was any other casting ideas you had in yeah, mind. If if the Mel Gibson thing didn't work out, did you guys have backup for casting choices of Chris, or were you kind of all like all or nothing with Mel? When we first conceived it, when we first wrote it, it was fourteen years ago, and we we had Jack Nicholson in mind. Oh, that would have wow, been that would have been sweet. That would have been, been nice. really sweet. And that would have been, been cool. He's semi-retired, so we were like, okay, you know, he's he's also a little older now, so he wasn't quite exactly what we we're after now. And then Mel kind of slid into that age slot, and we're just like, holy shit! So that was literally who we had in our heads as for the for the guy. And you know, it, it's you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but you also don't want to get too defeatist. So. Yeah. I mean, we take it one at a time, you know, we've got a, a list of people, but I mean, he's at the very tip top of like, this is the guy we want. Uh, yeah. And, and luckily we got him. So there were, there were others that we were like, ah, shit. Okay. We can go after this person, but I don't even want to, I don't want to go down that road. Cause it's like, we try to like, you got the perfect guy. Yeah. 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 All of our energy and thoughts on that person we're out to at the time. And it doesn't always work out, but uh, yeah, that one worked out amazingly. You know, same with like John Hawks on, small town crime like that was the guy we decided to go to for that role and thank god we got him because i mean he just he was perfect for oh, it he, 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 he kills it in that movie he's fantastic uh now i, I do want i do want to ask so you, so you get gibson you find out you're gonna be he's gonna be a star of your movie you and you realize like not only gonna be directing a massive massive star like one of the biggest stars of his era but you're also gonna be directing like a like a massively acclaimed director academy award winning director uh, sure. you no, know, what was what was that experience like? Did he give you any you know pointers as a, as a director? Uh, is, did he feel any pressure on that? You know, what what was your what was your mindset when directing an actor of Gibson's caliber? Well, certainly, there's going to be that that question that you're asking yourself, right? Like, he is so accomplished, he is such a talented filmmaker. You know, how is this collaboration going to work? And I honestly like it's been it it, it was one of the best collaborations we've ever had in our careers. Um, Gibson is is just so generous and. As a filmmaker himself, I think he totally understands what filmmakers need in their endeavors to make a film. Yeah, he would come up to us if he had a suggestion or a thought or wanted to try something. Always precursor with like, okay, this is your movie. I love how everything's going. Uh, or he would be like, take it or leave it. Throw this out. This is just an idea. If you guys don't want it, we don't have to do it because I love how the scene's written. Or, hey, what if I try this? You can You can cut it later. Or, you know, he'd always sort of throw this this caveat out front to where we just didn't, there was no pressure. It was a discussion. Yeah. It was collaboration. It wasn't, Hey guys, like you fuck this up. I need to be like this, or I'm taking the reins yeah. on it. Right. None of that. It was very collaborative. I think he just, from a guy who's been in front and behind the camera a lot and is really accomplished there. I think he knows what it takes. You need, you need to all be working together. So I think he knows what it, it takes. And he was just, he was, he made it real easy on us as far as that. 
But he's also like a wonderful resource, and he's so generous with his knowledge. I mean, Ian and I would be sitting there picking his brain constantly about, you know, Braveheart or whatever it was. I remember he told us, he's like, oh, I was double printing frames in Braveheart. And, you know, and that's where you just repeat the same frame twice for a little emphasis. And we repeated the same frame in Batman. You know, we took some of those techniques and, and all that we could learn from him. Right, right. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's crazy. Awesome. I mean, I mean, yeah. If you if you if you have if you have the, like the if you have a head coach who won a Super Bowl, you use him. Like he's right there. <laughs> Thanks for advice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I do want to you know Gibson's only one half of the equation. He's a, he's a very big part of it. He's only one part of this whole equation that is this movie. Uh, the other one being Walton Goggins. So it asks like you know were 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 you a fan of Goggins prior to this movie? Or I'm sure you were, but like what was it you know that you were a fan of him in? Because I. Personally, I think he's maybe one of the most underrated actors working right now. I think the dude's absolutely fantastic. Crushes it and everything I've seen him in. You know, so what were some things that you know gravitated you to Walton in the casting process? We're big fans of his work. I mean, we knew him from Tarantino stuff. We knew him from some of the TV shows he'd done. Vice um, Principles. Yeah, Vice Principles was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like the the it was interesting because we were out to about we had we had spoken with about a dozen actors about that role really about the role all great actors all would have done a uniquely interesting job with it in their own way and we were trying to figure out like okay which one of these guys like is going to be the right person you know like interesting if he does it this way da 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 and then all of a sudden ICM calls us and says hey what do you guys think of Walton Goggins for that role and it was crazy because he's such a phenomenal actor we just had he just hadn't popped into our heads. And we were like, "Oh shit, that's a great idea." They're like, "All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna go out to him and see what he see what he see if he likes the script." So he read the script. He's like, "I like it. I want to sit down with the guys." We sat down with him, and then he he just at the meeting like we're in like a restaurant, and he like like within five or ten minutes he's up on his feet. He's going, "I got this fucking elf in the sights," and I'm like, "All right, motherfucker!" And we're like, "Holy shit, <laughs> oh, God!" <laughs> He was just he. You could see it right away. Everything just washed away, and the skinny man popped up, and we're just like, "Oh fuck!" Like that's the guy. That's the skinny man right there. And it was it was just plain as plain as day. Now, do you care to drop any? Uh, you said you talked about a dozen other actors. Do you, any other names you wanna you wanna I would, for us? Just because I, I I feel terrible. They didn't get it, but I mean they uh, were also. Okay. We'll talk about who we wrote it for in our mind's eye. Yeah, that's a good So we wrote this to be Jack Nicholson versus Johnny Depp. Oh. <laughs> Nice. That's awesome. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah. Well, so what was it? So y- you get Goggins, and same thing with Gibson. Like, what was it like, you know, to work with to work with him on this set? You know, and I also do want to know, like, is there anything he brought to this role that you didn't necessarily expect him to, or didn't expect when you were like writing this character out? Yeah, there was. I mean, a ton with with Goggins. I mean, all of them. They all bring you. You sit down with these guys. You have a conversation with them, or two conversations, or whatever. They take what you have. They've read. They're reading into stuff on this page, and you're you're talking about it back and forth, having a wonderful discussion about what it means and the backstory and this and that and how this should be played and all these nuances. And then they go away for two months or a month, and they do their own work on the on the character. And if they have a question, great, text us, call us, you know. But basically, that's what these guys do. They go off and they create that person. And so when he showed up on set, Walton and Mel, they were like. Mel's like, I see this guy's an old cowboy. We're all, yeah, that's a great take on it. So Mel came and all of a sudden he's got a gruff ass voice when he's doing the role. He's like, yeah, boys. you know, we're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. And it really working. So we're like, fucking awesome. And then when Walton came, he was just this really fucking meticulous. And one of the notes that we gave him or one of the thoughts that we gave him about the character before 
we left on that first meeting is we were just like, we always saw this guy as really unpredictable. And so, of course, as Walton brings back a month later, a month and a half later, he's fucking like, you know, he's got all these little ticks and fucking things he nuances he does to the character that he's built out of that one fucking word you know unpredictable so then all the fucking movie and all the scenes he's tracking his own performance and figuring out what he wants to do and how he's gonna do this and that and we're trying to help with oh what if you do this and that and we're fucking laughing and it was fucking man the thing with walton though that's different from mel is mel can kind of come in and out of his character you know in a second whereas walton when he's on set stays in that character he's not he's not method he's not like you're like call me skinny man or whatever the fuck but like <laughs> he's that character's always simmering just beneath the surface even the voice that he picks because when you talk to walt normally he's like hey guys what's up it's walt no yeah y'all look fucking great and then when you talk to him in the to the character you're like okay cut walton yeah i mean do you want what do you want for lunch he's like i think i'll have the chicken you know it's like fucking <laughs> the characters talking to you even though you're addressing him as walton to a certain respect. Um, but yeah, like it, it was fucking fun to do that. Cause I mean, you know, even though he could get out of the headspace of the character, like there were def- certain characteristics that were remaining uh, while we were talking to him. It was, it was, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. The nature of Walt is that he's going to come with a ton of ideas and pitch you stuff. Um, he pitched us so many things that ended up in the movie. I mean, one of them is the, is the restaurant, you know? So like, he's like, oh, I really want to eat lunch in a Chinese restaurant. I think that'll tie in with my martial arts knowledge. So, like, uh, <laughs> like, okay, we're going to come up with a scene that, in there. Know, so we got like, okay, we'll bring this fucking <laughs> whole duck in with a head on it. And we'll, we'll have like, you speak Chinese when she, you know, you're going to say, oh, I need a refill, but you're going to say it in Chinese. And like, then he starts fucking around with all the salt shakers and sauce fucking implements. And he starts fucking around with everything. And then you have that scene and it's fucking funny. It's great. Yeah, the thing with him, like, in, like, the scene where he's, like, picking out the coats and stuff, like, no no two uh, takes of that scene are the same. Like, he's giving you different lines, like, every time, you know, about the green or the sticks or whatever. It's, like, it's just, it's just a wealth of of riches right there with him. You're just, like, oh, man, you know, like, what, what, I don't know. It's it's really fun to work with him. He's just throwing so many options at you constantly. I did like that coat scene where it's, like, no, too many twigs, not a fucking tree. Green makes me look fat. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was very funny. <laughs> he says at the end. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's just a freaking character, man. Love, love Walton. Oh, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's fantastic in this. And so, like, the, the duck scene, I, I don't know if, like, this is, like, another thing you had in the back of your mind. But when, I, when I first saw a duck scene, a Christmas, a Christmas story is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. So when I saw, sure, like, yeah. the Peking Duck and the Chinese restaurant, that was my, where my mind immediately went. I'm like, oh, shit, Christmas story, the Peking Duck in a Chinese yeah, restaurant. Absolutely. 100 percent right. Absolutely a nod. Yeah, great. Nice. But I, I do, I do want to throw you guys some like major props because I do think that uh, the skinny man, uh, Goggins' character, I find, I found him very interesting in the movie just because the whole time, like he, the one he's collecting the artifacts and like, well, not the artifact, but like the toys from Christmas past, from like past kids. And there's like, why is he doing all of this? And then like you get like the down drops, like oh, because like, like the whole reason he has this grudge against Santa is because. He, he never got the one thing he wanted. He's just like, oh, you want your, your parents back? Here's a fucking cop car. <laughs> Merry Christmas, kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's got trauma. He's got resentment. He's got a lot of baggage. And it sort of tipped him in a, in a way that, you know, where, look, his, his one destiny was he could have been a cop, right? But he became something very, very different um, from that, the antithesis of that. But we still wanted that thread of him being a cop. So we had him drive a cop car. It's just totally blacked out 
you know, so that Monaco is like a very iconic cop car from the right. 70s. It also is the same car that that Hot Wheel is. That car that he drives is the same car. It's the same car from the Hot Wheel. It matched him because, God. but he's like a instead of a, he's a fucking like suicidal wraith hitman. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do have one more question about Goggins. Uh, did, did you bring the hamster from home? Is that like is that like his inclusion writer? Like I'll do this role, but I gotta have a hamster with me the entire time. <laughs> you know there was. Oh, I think we lost I think, him. I would think we lost him. But I think what <laughs> say is, um, that hamster, we wrote that hamster in. Um, it was throughout the script, and we just had a lot of fun with Walton as far as, like, how he was picking up the fucking hamster and, like, when he kissed it on the head. Um, yeah. And put it back down in the, in, the, in the bin. Like, there were so many funny little, but that, I mean, you write something in like that, he picks it up, and then we didn't have in there that he kissed it. And then all of a sudden we're just fucking around and he like pulls it up close to him and he's like nuzzling with it. And we're all, Oh, try next one. Try kissing it. You know? And he's like, Oh yeah, that's great. So then he kisses it and then it becomes this weird little dance, this choreographed, uh, hilarious ass thing that he ends up doing. Um, one of the things that I will say was when we were, when we wrote the movie, it had a different intro for Walton's character. Really? So he was and what Walton brought on the day we shot, thank goodness, we shot the second half of the movie first, right? So we were able to see what he was doing with the character and how that character was coming off in all those scenes. And as the character is now, he's very alpha. He's very aggressive um, and very calm. And he doesn't have, in our opinion, the ability to work for someone else or under someone else. He's very much his own man. Even though he gets hired for jobs, he's still going to do it his way. And the, the way that we had it written initially was that he was working at a toy store and that he was an employee there kind of doing summer, a, a kind of like a summer three months, you know, just to find toys and hit on occasional single moms and like an attack shelter and attack. Sh but anyway, he <laughs> that didn't quite work. Once we saw how he was doing the character, we're like, there's no way we had this whole scene where he's has this fucking hilarious scene with a manager, the, the owner manager of the place. And it just did. We're just like, there's no way this guy would survive two seconds in this fucking toy store with some guy telling him what's he would yeah. have to do his own business. So we had to rethink the beginning of it. And yeah, we, we thought of of uh, of this kind of back alley, you know, underground kind Collect of business. Yeah. yeah, he's collecting these toys and paying and, and well, he's paying people for him, but he's 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 absolutely screwing them over. Um, as he's doing it, as through their desperation. But yeah, we just came up with this idea of okay, this is how we'll get inter to introduce the toys instead of in a toy store, and and yeah, doing it that way instead of him having to like fucking sleuth them out. They're coming to him, you know. Makes sense. Makes sense. I also, uh, Russell, I don't know if you're gonna do this, but like with your with your with your daughter Santa toys, you're gonna put like a gold plaque like made in Santa's <laughs> workshop now. <laughs> I, I should. <laughs> you really, you really, you really should, because now because then she can't dispute it. She's like, oh, it's, it's, it's got it's got the sticker. It's legit, man. It's, it's legit. legit. It's, it's a stamp. It's legit. It's got the... If they come out of this, Ian, we should absolutely be marketing those plaques. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I'd, I'd, buy, I'd buy some. I'd buy a box of plaques. Absolutely. Uh, I'd, put, I'd put them on, like, random things, like, around the bus. Like, put, like, on the, like, like find a bus and, like, stamp a stamp on it. This is property <laughs> made inside his workshop. <laughs> Just put, put it on my back of my car. Back, yeah, back of the car. <laughs> it's like, this is what Santa yeah, got Santa's me, bitch. Then. It's legit, man. <laughs> yeah, it's got the black. It's 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 for real. Uh, so uh, something else I noticed, and this is a big bit of casting that I really liked, is uh, I love the inclusion of uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste, uh, yeah. British actress, 
kind of flown under the radar. She broke out big with uh, Secrets and Lies in 96. And she's fantastic. She actually got an Oscar nomination for that. Uh, but then she kind of went uh, dormant. So I do want to talk about, you know, trying to get trying to get her in you know what what, what what inspired that decision because i do think that she, like she i think she's great in the movie i think her and gibson have really great chemistry i think you totally buy them as this like you know older is this, this aging couple who's like on falling on hard times and she has like a like, really grounded element in this film so you know uh talk to us about getting her and you know what was what, what was she like to work with we'd always had in mind we'd always had in mind that we wanted a person of color for mrs claus really but it wasn't specifically like going to be Marianne. We were just trying to think of, okay, who's going to be the best match for Mel now that we have him. And then I remember we had this uh, conversation with Mel where he was talking about how he had known these, uh, when he was a kid, um, one of his caretakers was this Jamaican nanny who had a British accent. And he was like, he's like, it's, it was, and we were just talking about it, but this is when we started introducing Marianne to him. And he's like, Oh, I fucking love that. Um, and he was all all on board with the idea, and then we we went went out to her, and we were just like, dude, she, I think she's gonna be fucking great. Because the the hardest thing to find was a person that we thought could embody the toughness and like the sternness, and then also have this kind of motherly warmth underneath them. It's just it's a hard thing to like kind of like envision and encapsulate into a person. I'm sure there's more people that could do it, but but when we watched her material and we were familiar with some of it, but then watching more of it, we were just like, Holy shit. Like she has these, she has this great duality about her that I think is going to be able to pull off. Cause if she can, she's this brownie baking mother kind of vibe, but then she's also a fucking badass, and she has to be able to pull off that ending and you have to believe it. Oh yeah. And we also, yeah. We just loved her, uh, her British accent because it felt, it made the story feel more international. Which yeah. Got to, got to, got to play those overseas audiences. I see, I see you. I get you. No, I, 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 I admire the hustle. I admire the hustle. Uh, no, yeah, she's fantastic. And I don't know if you guys ever saw. Uh, she was in a little movie last year called In Fabric about this demonic dress. Clips from it. I saw clips. Oh, that movie is that movie is fucking wild, man. And she's, she's uh, excellent. I see it. It. Yes, I, I would highly recommend. If you haven't seen In Fabric, go check out In Fabric. It looks great. Uh, one of my first thoughts watching this movie was. Uh, how many? Because this kid has this hitman on speed dial. How many people has he called this guy in on? Because just to have this dude on speed dial, like you, you don't put things on speed dial unless one, it's like 2006, or two, you do this a lot. So like, I mean, in our mind, in our mind, he he's it's Roger, his driver, that I think he says, "I need that friend of ours, Roger, for another job." And in our mind, the hitman hadn't really done anything this severe until this point. So. This is kind of like his year where he breaks off in the wrong direction. Oh, of so, a couple so he so he was like mu- he was like muscle before this happened. Yeah, yeah like, like odds and ends, you know. Like oh, we could you could envision it starting as like hey, he needs them to like scare a bully off, you know. And then now he's like, oh well, if I could scare a bully off, like maybe I could pressure this young girl to like throw the science competition. <laughs> and then like you, know, you just see it sort of stepping up, right? Or like oh, I want to s- steal this or whatever it might be. So did his other best in show? awards kind of come the same way then are we led to believe i feel that he he actually earned them legitimately in the beginning but that he you know he's got he's probably gotten complacent he's probably not trying quite as hard he's probably i see what you more cocky i got you and there's always somebody better right there's always someone that comes up sort of you know behind you that all of a sudden just overperforms at one point and kicks your ass and you're just like holy shit like I think that yeah. I think that that happened. He was like a four-time winner, and he was coming in on this fifth run. He thought he was going to freaking win it. He was super cocky, 
And then all of a sudden, this girl does this train project that kicks his ass, and he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just lost this. Like, all right, I'm going to get revenge. You know? Like, what am I going to tell yeah. my dad, right? Like, I have nothing yeah. to show my dad now. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's kind of Billy's whole thing, right, is he's trying to impress his dad oh, deep down, right? Yeah. And then his dad obviously just doesn't give a shit about him because he's off in the Bahamas giving him teddy bears and is not paying attention to his kid and not not at all. So I and I, I think that gets established quickly and with a couple of lines in that grandmother scene in the beginning when she's like, he's like, she's like, your dad couldn't make it. And he's like, oh, man, you know, I was looking forward to seeing John. And then it's like, well, look, you win it, you know, and we'll show your dad. We'll show your dad how you won it afterwards, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of like Tom Brady when he won like three Super Bowls back to back, and then he got upset by Eli Manning out of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. There's always somebody, you know, that embarrassing. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that, that was my that was my thought. Maybe Russell, because you're, you're a big Brady guy, maybe you thought the same thing. But. Your your hatred for Tom Brady is unbelievable. <laughs> it's not it's not hatred. I don't hate the guy. <laughs> I love Brady, dude. Michigan's my college football team, so I yeah, yeah. I, that's. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's rough. <laughs> my, uh, my my uh, old roommate, my old college roommate, uh, I re- we wrestled together. I wrestled in college. Oh wow! And he was a world champion uh, heavyweight. And after college, um, which is crazy to be a world champion in your senior year of college, this is nuts. But he won the NCAA twice, and then he went and won the worlds later that year. But he was uh, he he ended up going on to the Patriots. Uh, for about a decade. Really? No shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But his name is Steve cool. Neal. Steve uh, 61. 60, 61, I think his number was. Steve Neal. Steve Neal. Do you play offensive line? Offensive line, yep. No, oh, damn. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, so, you kind of brought attention to this earlier, right? This is like a very, very grounded portrayal. Grounded in a sense, portrayal of... Uh, of the Santa process, because like you said, like there's no pole isn't like this like big thing. It's like this like little like underground business. The the elves are still there though, so I gotta ask like th- these are like legit elves, right? They're not like just little people that have like birth defects and have pointy ears. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think they're, they're as true to elves as you, as you can get. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely elves. Um, we just wanted them to have a slightly, uh, you know smaller stature and obviously the pointy ears and a little bit of a different hue in their skin. Yeah. I mean, the idea was that if you went to, if you went somewhere and you saw one of the elves in like a beanie, they may be slightly miscolored, but like a little green, but you wouldn't necessarily be like, Oh, they have got a hat covering their ears. You wouldn't be able to pick them out. You'd just be like, it's, Oh, it's a person that's under five, five or whatever, you know, it's just a small person, you know? Um, and you may not be able to hit the denomination on the head because <laughs> they're elf. but um, but you would but you would think they're just a small person, you know? Yeah, I I, I just curious like does that mean like Santa spends time like surveying like births around the world? It's like oh uh, we guys one it was really weird born point of years. Take them right now. Take them right now. I got work for you. <laughs> we saw them as it was uh, because you, we they're looking, unique to their own, right? Like yeah. they, 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 they are their own. Uh, uh, entity i guess yeah because when we when we first wrote the story we wrote two versions we each wrote a short story and esh wrote a short story that was very much in line with the with the film that we have today it was contemporary it was about a little kid and then i wrote a story that was more of a prequel 
um, that kind of because Esh and I will brainstorm an idea and then we'll run off and and, and start writing it. One of us will run off and start writing it. But in this, and this is probably the only time it ever happened. We both ran off and wrote short stories in very different realms. Uh, but the other one we had was a was an origin story, um, and it was very much the idea was that the elves are their own thing. They're their own race of people, and I. I don't know. I mean, now later on in life, as you look at a book like Sapiens or something that sort of chronological humanity, and it 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 just says, hey, there were there were actually a lot of hum- humans living at the same time, you know, throughout throughout history. So, you know, it wasn't like it went in a line of like then there was Neanderthal, then there was Homo sapiens, then there was they were all coalescing a lot at a, at a certain times, and a lot of different species of humanity didn't make it; they just plopped off because the for one reason or another, they weren't, uh, you know, the stronger race. So, yeah, it's it's. I feel like that they're just they're just another species of human that sort of is shorter, right. pointed, has special has certain special abilities that, you know, whether they lived as woodland elves or whatever you want to call them, three hundred years ago, five hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. Uh, yeah, we feel like that they were just another another race of humans. I got to say, you guys did something that I've never seen a Santa. I can never recall a Santa Claus movie doing, whereas like you go into like the anatomy and like the digestive system of an elf is like, here's why we eat so much sugar. There's science to this shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I immediately think of like Elf when like he's like eating nothing but candy, but like, you're, dude, you're a human. You're, yeah. you're, gonna, you're gonna die of diabetes and like a complication of diabetes in like two years. But no, like you, you give it a science, man. Like you're just like, okay, no, here's why we do this, and this is actually the correct way. And as someone who's also a major candy enthusiast, I admire that. So thank you, thank you for that. Well, funny callback. Needs a twenty. A funny callback to that. Just talking about on the Patriots is where I remember my buddy when he went and started playing for the Patriots. He would talk about. We're like, what's it like? What's it like playing on the Patriots? Like, what's it like with all those professional athletes? He's like, it's crazy. He's like, I really feel like, and he was one himself. He's like, I really feel like it's just a, like a, a really, a, a really condensed group of like genetic freaks in a way. <laughs> he was like, like these guys, he's like, we'll all be working out. He's like, and then some guy will go off and eat and then take like a month off and just live off McDonald's for like a month for some reason. And then he's like, and the guy's, you know, more cut up when he comes back. <laughs> and he didn't work out and all he ate McDonald's. He was like he's like just genetically he's a lean guy. He's in pretty damn good shape all the time. And and he himself was a very big and fast human being. So he was just saying how everybody and I we feel like that that's kind of like what the elves are, right? They're just they just have a predisposition to run well on sugar and last longer. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny when you said when you said like he's he's a different kind of being, I thought is Tom Brady and he said big and fast. I'm like, nope, not Tom Brady, because he has never been fast his entire <laughs> career. He's not. No. <laughs> it, was ve- it was very clearly Wes Welker. <laughs> uh, so, I think I want to ask because we're about to wrap up the interview and then I have something planned afterwards. Um, you know, what what was? Uh, do you remember any particular sequence in this movie that you found that were your favorites to to, to shoot? What were, what were your favorite favorite parts of this movie to like go and work on? Ash, you want to go first? I mean, look, it's it's hard to pick a favorite uh, because you know. It's just a, such a surreal experience, you know, getting to make this film. I mean, you're sitting there on set, and people, you know, it's over the walkies, and it's like, hey, can uh, the military, the elves, and Mr. and Mrs. Claus please come to set, please? And you're just like, me <laughs> and I would look at each other, and we're like, I can't believe we're getting to make this bat bananas movie. Like, I can't believe that's happening right now. So every day, every scene felt like a gift for me personally. It's really hard for me to to, to pick one that I, I have the most fondness for. Um, I have a very similar feeling, but there were two moments I remember just 
feeling like those came together or pinching ourselves and kind of the moment of like, fuck, can you believe this is actually popping off like this with these people and these roles? And they, those two moments were um, the, the last shootout, the standoff and shootout, when they're casting those lines back and forth. I mean, the actual shootout was amazing and fun as well, but it was over the course of four days, whereas that we're shooting bits and pieces and trying to figure out mentally how we're going to cut it together and not fuck up with snow continuity at the same time. So that was a bit of, you know mental gymnastics as we're cutting it as we're shooting it so there wasn't a lot of time to sort of sit back at any moment and be like oh yeah this is fucking really fun it was more like go to the next shot oh fuck touch <laughs> that snow mound like go to the left run around it and then can we shoot this in and push it it's, it was a fuck it was rough whereas whereas the moment before it pops off where they're standing and the snow's coming down and we're watching these two amazing actors yell yell these lines at each other uh, that was fucking phenomenal because it was a quiet moment before the storm and we were ex- actually able to feel that gravitas because they were yelling it back and forth at each other and we had a nice high shot and then we were on this side and then we were on the other side and it was so much fun just to, to hang out with each of those characters in that moment and feel Walton's pain and feel Chris's pain and then just know that these two, you know, uh, bulls are going to collide at one point. Like that was pretty exciting because we'd written that scene and thought about that scene and and really been excited to shoot that scene for quite a while. The other one uh, was the elf and Captain Jacob scene in the in the in the in the cafeteria. The elves are eating all that candy and and, and then he sits down and they have that conversation back and forth. That was just another scene that you know when we envisioned how it was going to go down that came out pretty well as far as like with budget constraints and i just remember we had an empty room you know hours before we shot that scene and the production team came together and the construction team came together and like you know the set designing came together and it's been like three hours whipped that fucking scene up and had that buffet of candy and shit and it was just hysterical to look at before we even started the scene of just what we were what what we knew was coming and then shooting the scene and 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 uh, Eric and and, uh, and Robert's performances are so fucking good. We we were just we were having a really good time shooting that scene because they were just destroying it. Right on, right on. Now uh, on the opposite of that, were there any sequences you remember being particularly difficult to shoot or most challenging to shoot? There were so many, honestly. Like it was it was it was not easy. The stuff in the all the stuff in the um, in the factory was rough because there was no heating, and so. And it, outside, it's negative. So it, when we shot the shootout, was really tough because it was negative 36, like, for four days straight. And so that was fucking incredibly rough. Um, and then the stuff inside that warehouse, even though we're inside, it was, it was probably five degrees, you know, warmer inside than it was outside. So it was it was like a meat locker in there. Um, yeah, those were rough because just the logistics and, you know, yeah, you want everybody to look comfortable and like they're inside in a real environment and you've got all those hurdles. And they're pumping heat in and stuff, but it's just not doing what it could be if, you I know. Mean, and I think anything, I don't know, like with the process trailer where you put the, the, the cars up on trailers and pull them around and shoot. I mean, right when we, right when we went to go do that day of, of photography, we had, to punch, we had to push a bunch of stuff into one day. A huge snowstorm hit and it just made... It just was a, it was really really difficult to overcome all that. We got everything done, but uh, I remember we, we lost about four hours in the morning or something because of it. Well, Ooh. just because of continuity, so you'll have all this snow whipping across the windshield, 
and you can't have snow whipping across the windshield because in all the exterior wides, like the car's driving through and there's no snow falling. So you have to, you just have to be so conscious about continuity and what think three days from now, what you're shooting those wide exteriors are going to be, you know, it's, it was, that stuff was rough. The weather stuff was rough. Yes. We were pulling over like every 50 feet and wiping off the windows and it, it was, it was a, it was a bit cumbersome and slow, but got her done. Yeah. How, how long did it take to film the whole entire film? 33, 33 days, yeah. 33 nice. days. Oh, wow. 33 days. God damn. Wow. It's impressive. That's, that's very impressive. Well, and they're making it, you know, it's always interesting. I mean, that was a fight to get that many days, you know. Um, it's it's always shocking to us what they want, what, what a lot of producers will try to wedge you into, you know. Like, oh, can you do it in 25? Can you do it in 28? It's like, no, we're going to barely be able to get it done in 33, you know. So... <laughs> 33 or 33 or nothing. Yeah, unfortunately, we had a team on this one that really um, knew what we needed to do. So we got it. Yeah. Right on, right on. That's uh, that's 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 wildly impressive, gentlemen. And last question. Uh, I, w- I do want to ask. You know, if you you, know, you made the movie. But you know, you, you you look back on things you've done, you think like, uh, you know, maybe maybe I could tweak this, maybe I could done this. If there, if you had to look at this movie and think of if there's anything you would do differently if you got a chance to make this film again, uh, what, what what would you? Is there anything you would change, or do you, or do you love it as is? <laughs> well, I have, there's there's a mountain of things I think, but if if I had to pick one, go ahead, Ash. No, no, I, look, I can't. I'm. It's this is real close. Like, it's real close. Uh, we just, you know, we just came out the other side, and probably in five years, I'd have a better, a little more objectivity on it. More perspective. <laughs> uh, but I also think, you know, look, as as someone who, all you tend to see are the flaws in, in someone that makes a piece of work. So, so you're never satisfied with what you get up there. Um, but there are definitely scenes that I, I that I'm that I'm excited about, right? Like I think like a bulk of it, but but. There are always like little things. Like you're a good example is like when we when we're working with our DP Johnny Durango. Like we have to tell him ninety two percent is about all you we want you to get to because he'll he would fuss forever trying to get every little thing in the right place and oh we got to move that dumpster over two inches you know like he's that fussy which is great because everything it has a really nice look to it and it's very continuous and he's very meticulous about everything and that's why things look great but. If he had his way, he would be there all day working on one shot, you know, trying to perfect it um, and never reach, you know, 100 percent. You just never do. But he'd probably get 99.9 percent of it. Right. And then, you know, spend a whole day on it. But as, as we're putting things together, it's like you have a certain amount of time and budget. So you're trying to constantly trying to, like, you know, meet your expectations or but also you have a time and a budget constraint just got to be able to try to make your money fit and time fit everywhere you know because again we would spend if we could a fucking day, a whole entire day on one scene if we could because i know we would be closer to getting it perfect you know um but the one the one thing i know we had a lot of plans for um that we sort of had to figure out how to do which thank goodness we had a good production team but the we would have done a lot more inside the um elf's the factory santa's workshop like we had big plans for that and we just didn't have the budget or time for it so we had to sort of how do we get what we want without killing the production or how do we get what we want without shooting three times as long you know how do we get what we want and and make it make it sing you know in a way 
So that's what we had. That's 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 what we had to do. You know, it's it's either that or you don't make the movie. So yeah, but also like, look, I think we had just enough, right? So I'm like, overall, I'm like very very pleased with what we were able to pull off with what we had. Um, and and this the you know that that's a perfect storm, right? Like the budget meets the script and the design, and the design and the script meets the budget. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah, sounds that sounds crazy, man. And and you're right, you know, I'm sure that. I, mean, I, I do agree with mentality. Like, I, like you know, they say a chef is always his own worst critic. So, like, yeah, of, of course, of course, you're gonna look at something you make and be like, ah, I should have done this or this, 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 this didn't come out as great. But, you know, I, uh, I will say that I, I do, I do appreciate your honesty about that. But, uh, you know, Russell, I, I do want to talk to you because you know this is different than our usual review segments. Uh, so, Russell, uh, yeah. what, what, what were your thoughts on Fat Man? As, as people seeing it for the first time, what, what were your thoughts on the movie? Keep in mind, the people oh. who made it are right here. <laughs> no, no, and I knew that obviously. Um, but no, honestly, I liked the whole aspect of it not being your typical Christmas film. I think that's what gave it life. You know what I mean? We see the, kind of what you said before. I think Ian, you were the one saying about the. You know, we've seen the uh, Santa Claus. You know, we've seen the Tim Allen portrayal. We've seen. You know, it's it's all. You know, you can pretty much kind of see where the movie is going to go. This one, you don't really see it. Like I'll even say without like really spoiling, but at the end. You think what happened is final, and then it, you know what I mean, and it's not final. It it, it wraps up again. So, you, you know, and I and I love the um, the nod to the western. You know, uh, especially that scene with Goggins and, and Gibson, just like 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 it's like high noon. You know, and they're sitting there yeah. staring at each other, and the, you got the wind, you got the wind whipping, you got the snow coming down. Um, no, I liked the aspect of the film not being your typical uh, Christmas film. I think that's what makes this type of film stand out as opposed to your. You know, your regular, you know, Santa comes and delivers presents and everybody lives happily ever after and you leave cookies and milk out for Santa and it's, it's all good. You know what I mean? This one's a lot different and has more story to it. And kind of what, you know, you guys as as a whole did, you know, you guys tied up all that loose ends. You guys figured out, like, well, how would Santa do this? Like, how would how would Santa do this? You know, and, and it just it all works. And that's what I appreciate about the movie. I, I enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, Thank you, guys. I, I will say I have never wanted a Christmas cookie more than I did after watching this movie or while watching this movie. I'm just like, there's <laughs> constantly showing cookies in my face. I'm like, ah, I want a cookie. Uh, but Man, I think we all gained out the movie. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good thing all that didn't go to waste. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, but no, yeah, same, same with you, Russell. I, I, met, I very much enjoyed this film. I think Gibson's, I think Gibson's a surprisingly perfect Santa Claus for this kind of movie. <laughs> Uh, I think that uh, I think that uh, Walton Goggins is great. I love the back and forth. Uh, it's such a, it just it's just such a unique take on the Santa mythos that I've never seen done like this in a movie. And I, I give massive props to you guys for getting this done, and for this being as you know fun and brash as it is, and just it it, it can be very brutal at times. But again, give it give it a watch. It's super it's super fun, super entertaining. Highly recommend you all to go check it out. Uh, so that brings to the end of our review segment, but the show is not over yet because, you know, uh, uh, Ian Ashman, you know, like we like to do, when we have guests on, we like to do something, we like to, you know, in addition to business, we like to do something a little fun. So, look, I know this movie is, this movie is destined to become, it's going to become a cult favorite, it's going to have a huge following in the future. And so, you know, you work in Hollywood, and you got to think of one thing in Hollywood, and that is sequels. But you know what? You don't have to do it on your own. We're here to help you out. Because, you know, spoiler, this movie ends with this kid uh, maybe learning a lesson from a one-eyed Santa Claus. Like, hey, you, you do anything else, I will fuck your shit up. But he's a kid, so he's not going to learn his lesson. So what we're, we're going to do here today, guys, is we're going to determine 
what holiday icon this kid is going to try and murder next. I have, <laughs> and we are going to do it March Madness bracket style. We haven't done one of these in a while, Russ, so this is going to be fun. <laughs> so basically what this, what this is, is I'm going to present a matchup of two holiday icons. You got to tell me which one of these, ki- which one of these icons would you, would you want to see the kid take on? You can base this on practicality. You can base this on, you know, like what's, what's the kid's going to be pissed off about. You can base on how good the matchup would be between him and whatever hitman he's hiring next. And just, just cash your vote however you want. So, already this is going to be fun. So, again, it's uh, going to take two-thirds votes to move on to the next round. Here we go. Gentlemen, your first round matchup. We have the number one seed, the Easter Bunny, versus the number eight seed, Punxsutawney Phil from Groundhog Day. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Esham first. Esham, who is this kid gonna take on next? Man, I like Phil. Phil, we one vote for Phil. All right, one vote for Phil. Uh, Ian, who are we t- who's he taking on? Uh, Easter Bunny. Ooh, deadlock. Uh, here we go. Russ, come see you next. Who's taking Phil on? Would be funny, but I think you could. Do, I Phil would be funny, but I think you could do more with Easter Bunny. I'm gonna go with the Easter Bunny. Ooh, I gotta so keep the Easter Bunny. Phil's, so close. Feels good though. Don't get me wrong. So close to an upset, but no, the Easter Bunny is moving on. Our next matchup, we have the number four seed, the Sandman, versus the number five seed, a Leprechaun. Russell, you gotta think. You gotta think. You know, base, your, base your vote why this kid would want the, each one of these figures killed. Irish. I gotta go with the leprechaun. The leprechaun. Uh, why would he? Why, yeah, I gotta go with the leprechaun, man. I, I think that'd be more fun. So yeah. You bring back, bring back Warwick Davis or uh, somebody else. I think Warwick Davis is a little bit old. Somebody else. Okay. Uh, let's go to uh, Esham. Let's go to Esham next. Esham, who, who's kid? Who's kid gonna take on between the Sandman leprechaun. and the leprechaun? Leprechaun. Leprechaun. We have our first upset of the day. Uh, Ian, your vote didn't count, but would you, what would you have voted on this one? I would have got man, big fan of that franchise. Leprechaun. Wow. Okay. So Leprechaun moves on unanimously. Uh, moving on, we have our number two seed, the Tooth Fairy, taking on the number seven seed, Hanukkah Harry, John Lovitz's character from SNL. <laughs> Could not think of another Hanukkah icon for this. Wait, is this Tooth Fairy with Dwayne Johnson? It could be. It could be cursed. It could be Kirsty Alley Tooth Fairy. I don't know. That's, a, that's for you to say. Uh, Ian, who's taking on Hanukkah Harry Dwayne. or the Tooth Fairy? <laughs> if it's Dwayne Johnson, Tooth Fairy, all the way. Dwayne Johnson, Tooth Fairy. All right. So, so yes. So, Tooth Fairy with the caveat that is Dwayne Johnson. All right. I like that. Uh, going to Russ next. Russell, Tooth Fairy or the San- or Hanukkah Harry. I mean, kind of what Ian said. I mean, if it's if it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I think that 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 in itself makes a perfect action film. So uh, I'll I'll go I'll go with that for the Tooth Fairy. Tooth Fairy moves on to round two. Uh, Ashim, you didn't get a vote. Where, where would you have gone on this one? Make it three, man. Tooth Fairy all day. Tooth Fairy. All right, you with a sweep. Get the broom with a sweep. Like the fighters' room. It's like we're really synced up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, our last matchup of round one as the number six seed, Cupid. Takes on the number three seed, the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> All right, Esham, you didn't get a vote last time, so we go to you first. Which, who's kid taking on? Tooth Fairy or the? I'm sorry, the Cupid or the Great Pumpkin? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Great Pumpkin. The Great Pumpkin. All right, You're gonna make Linus very upset, but he hasn't won, he hasn't won yet, so let's see. Uh, going to Ian. Dude, the Great Pumpkin. 
Oh, all right. Doesn't even matter what you say, Russell. Great Pumpkin is moving on. What would you have said, though? Sweep it, man. Great Pumpkin. Sweep. All right. Call it a sweep. All right. We are now in the semifinals. Moving on to our first matchup. We have the upset. Could the Cinderella story keep going? The Leprechaun, as he takes on the number one seed, the Easter Bunny. Russell, who's the kid taking on? Oh, man. I still think the Leprechaun would be just so hilarious, man. I, I'm going to keep it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride this out. I'm going to get a Leprechaun. Leprechaun. All right. Uh, let's kick it to Eshem next. Eshem, who's going to take Leprechaun. it on? Leprechaun. It's an upset. Upset <laughs> city. Leprechaun <laughs> is moving on. Uh, Ian, would, it, would you have gone Easter Bunny or is it unanimous? Leprechaun. I was going to go Leprechaun. Le- wow. All right. All right. So, Leprechaun is in the finals. So, now we move on to the... Who's he meeting up there? Is he going to be meeting the Tooth Fairy? Or is he going to be meeting the Great Pumpkin? Ian, what you got, man? Great Pumpkin again, man. Great Pumpkin. All right. So one vote for the Great Pumpkin. Going to Esham. Tooth Fairy or the Great Pumpkin, right? Yeah, Tooth Fairy or the Great Pumpkin. Tooth Fairy. Ooh, deadlocked. Uh, Russell. Sorry. What are you Where it is, man. What? I was hoping to get I was hoping to get split here. Uh, let me Don't see. Go. I'll go. <laughs> we're still talking. To, we're still talking to Rock here, right? I'm gonna. Oh, man. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna go the Rock. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Tooth Fairy. Tooth Fairy. Uh, Tooth Fairy moves yeah. on. All right, gentlemen. We now come to the finals. This is where we decide who is going to star in the Fat Man sequel. Is it going to be the Leprechaun? Is he going to keep the streak going? Or is it going to be the Tooth Fairy? We're going to bring back Dwayne Johnson. Let him redeem that role. Russell, going to you first. I'm keeping it rolling, dude. I, I, still, I think it's gold, literally gold. I'm going to go with Leprechaun for sure. Just gold. Okay. We already got a title. Unless, unless the, one of the numbers want to change it. All right. So you have one for the Leprechaun. Going to Ian next. I'm going to go with Dwayne Johnson. It is the perfect action film. Mel Gibson versus Dwayne Johnson, the Tooth Fairy. Also, also, so, so Mel Gibson's joining the fight now. Okay. Look at this. Uh, can, I, can I just say that I don't necessarily think that we need to have a winner here. We can just have the Leprechaun fight Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. We don't need the kid. We, we, we got a new movie. We got an offshoot here. All right. Done. All right. But, some, but somebody's got to win, Asham. Somebody's got to win. Oh, God, all right. No one gets participation trophies in this world. Not, okay. not on this show. As much as I like the idea of the leprechaun, I think the Dwayne Johnson idea holds, <laughs> holds a very big promise and a bigger budget. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right, so for the Fat Man sequel, he'll be taking on the Tooth Fairy. Now, Nelms, you got you to clap this off. You got to give us a title. What's going to be the title for this one? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it only took us 14 years to think of the Fat Man title. I mean, what would be here a minute It's Hollywood. You got to move fast. Crunch time. going to be... <laughs> What's it? The Fairy. The Fairy. <laughs> 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 Boom. Cut. Print. Hollywood. Give us a call. Man. Oh, man. Just <laughs> fun. All right. Uh, so that brings to the end of the show. I once, once again want to give a th- big thank you to Ian and Ashton Nelm for joining us. Uh, where can people find you on the interwebs and anything you want to plug before we close out today? Um, I've been pretty vigilant on uh, Facebook and um, Twitter. 
uh, Twitter, my own handle, or you go to the Nelms Bros. Uh, com website or Nelms Bros on Twitter or Nelms Bros on Facebook. Yep. All right. Uh, Russell, uh, you want to give our plugs before we head out? Yeah, I just want to thank the Nelms again for coming on. Uh, yeah, Batman is on uh, demand. I got it on uh, Amazon Prime yesterday, so I did buy it, so I did help out. Um, you guys can also find a January 26th coming out on Blu ray physical copy, so I'll probably end up getting it again because I have to have physical media. Yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's, there's a media on there too. Oh, see, and perfect, and perfect. Yeah, so another, another, another reason to get it. Um, you guys can find us on Facebook. Notorious by Chance is the group name. We put polls up every week, usually until we do something like this, where we don't. But you can find us there. You can also find us on YouTube. Notorious by Chance. Go ahead and join that. Chance and I will be putting up uh, new reviews coming up uh, with a new year or two. So yeah. And you can find me at Twitter and Instagram on Chance Wars underscore ninety one. Be sure to check out the movie trivia Schmodown. We just had our big year end Schmodown spectacular event. That was a lot of fun. That was really that was really nice to do uh, on the Schmodown Entertainment Network YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you to the Nelmses. And Christmas time is just starting, folks. Although by the time we get this out, it'll be just ending. But it was worth it because we had a really great episode today. Uh, so <laughs> thank you all for listening. I'm I'm Chance. That's Russell. Those are the Nelmses, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Chance.